Welcome to the 335th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony. This is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. I recently did a couple off my mind episodes where I just talk about random things, talk about like how time travel should work in comics and, and just in general. And, and sometimes I talk, I'll probably uh, do some, look back at like some classic comic book series. I need to figure that out like ASAP. But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck. And you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four. It's ko-fi.com slash gman from heck. All right. So what's going to happen this week? That is a very good question. The intent is Godzilla minus one minus color. And there's a long, there's, there's a story as to why I said, I think that that's, that's the going to be the, the, the main feature. So the black and white version of the incredibly awesome Godzilla movie. But then of course we have the final episode of echo Marvel's echo. We have the final episode of Monarch legacy of monsters. Hopefully the season, hopefully not the final, hopefully the season finale and then we have another episode of Percy Jackson, and then we have comics, and we have some news. So uh, not a whole lot of news. I know I, I say that a lot. So the Hollywood Reporter is reported that Marvel is trying to get Lewis Pullman, who was in a, I guess Top Gun. It's like who did? What was he in Top Gun? I don't even remember. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, I'm assuming, to replace Stephen Ewan in Thunderbolts. We still don't know officially. If the role was Bob Reynolds or for someone else or whatever, and and apparently Stephen Ewan, he still I, I I saw some other like sound or clip I didn't, I didn't hear it, but where he he said that he he gave like several drafts like an email like just saying how, but you know he was apologizing for having back having to back out, and you know he really wants to do a Marvel movie, so he's hoping something still whatever. So I it's it just seems a whole weird situation, but. Lewis Pullman is Bill Pullman's son. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Because, one, who's a character? Is is it Bob Reynolds? And I, if he wants it, good luck to him. I mean, I, I have no opinion one way or the other. Vincent Donofrio. I feel like he shares a lot, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I feel like, you know, he's going to get in trouble one of these days. Or maybe Marvel's saying, yeah, go ahead, say this. Go, I, don't, I don't know. But apparently... And this could just be just him talking, you know, because he's so excited, and, which is awesome that he really cares about all this stuff. But I guess apparently he pitched like a, a kingpin focused what if episode for what if season three that, uh, you know, he he would like to do one. And on one hand, it's like, well, of course, he would want to do one because that would mean more money, you know, another gig. But I think he just really likes the character and he's just so good. I mean, I. Obviously, he's for in my opinion, he was the best thing in in Echo, even though I cannot stand the character in the comics. But Vincent D'Onofrio, he he does such a good job, and he also said that you know he still wants to do like a Kingpin Spider Man fight at some point. Which who knows if we'll ever see that? Uh, it, it would be it, it'd be cool, it'd be weird, but we'll we'll have to see if that happens. I guess uh, 
they're looking at super, you know, the Supergirl, Girl of Tomorrow, or what, whatever, Woman of Tomorrow movie that's going to be happening. Apparently, supposedly, the search is down to two women, Molly Alcock, who was a young Rhaenyra Targaryen in House of the Dragon, and the other is Meg Donnelly, who was in a Disney Channel Zombies trilogy. I have no idea what that is. I, I, I haven't seen anything about that. I'm not dismissing it. I don't care if it's if she was only in a Disney Channel show because a lot of there's a lot of you know talent has come out of there. So you know no one should dismiss that as because uh, everyone's got to start somewhere. So I, I have no no opinion on Meg Donnelly because I haven't seen her in anything. M- Millie Alcock, you know, she was she was good. I I liked her to uh, Rhaenyra more than the older Rhaenyra, but they're almost like different characters. I mean, just the way they they carry themselves and everything. I don't really I don't know. I mean, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on either one. I'm just going to trust that they're going to pick the best person for that. So we'll see. I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned with the story because I wasn't super crazy about that miniseries by Tom King. I mean, Tom King is a great writer. He can be a great writer. I just didn't love that story. Hopefully it's not going to just follow that story, which I don't think they would. I don't know. James Gunn also said that the J.J. Abrams Superman movie is still going to happen. So we'll have to see, like, what does that mean? And I, I, I like the fact that they're open to doing these other things you know because like with a joker 2 whatever that's called you know it has nothing to do with the mainstream dc universe but they're saying yeah we could still do that and and the fact that we have the batman while you know we may have a a firm established you know dcu type of thing so I, i think it's it's good that we can mix it up a little bit i think audiences they should be smart enough to know. Some people might get a little confused as to like, wait, what, what's happening here? You know, people who don't follow any of the news sites, who don't listen to this show or, or just know anything, they just they know who the characters are at their core. They just want to go be entertained. So they may be a little confused, but they're, they're, they'll be fine. I, I, I think people can get it. And if it was a Marvel stuff, Marvel doesn't seem like they want to do that. Although the what if is a good indication of you can take these characters and do different things with them because of the whole multiverse angle. So I think people can handle that stuff now. Um, Will people be able to handle Deadpool 3? Uh, Probably. So Deadpool 3 has wrapped production uh, Ryan Reynolds did a post about it. Hugh Jackman's like it on Instagram. He mentioned how it's like time to shave. You know, he, he posted like a little video or something like that. Uh, now the question is like, how long is it going to take to do all the post production and everything? And uh, I'm I'm excited to see that. I, I hope it's. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll see. Oh, um, with Marvel, there's a report that Bullseye will be returning in Daredevil: Born Again. So it's going to be the same guy. Uh, Wilson Bethel, I think is who it was. It's not clear, like, in, like in some, he's going to be back in some position, some way. So it's not really clear. Is it going to be like a flashback, a cameo, a full blown appearance? We'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bullseye fan. I, I, I'm finding that I'm not a big fan of a lot of villains, and I think sometimes because there's just so overpowerful, or you know, just it just sometimes it just seems like it's too much, and I don't know. It doesn't always seem like it's super. Accurate. I don't know. I really don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Invincible season two, part two. So I, I, I didn't realize that they were 
cutting the season in half that they're splitting it off and it which is kind of fine i'm glad that they did especially now because there was a lot of content for me to cover back then and it was hard to keep up with everything and now as i'm looking you know the the weeks to come it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of new stuff that's coming out or maybe i'm just unaware of it but it's going to return on march 14th 2024 so we'll be able to see what 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 happens there and also like speaking of stuff popping up like i didn't realize when this was coming back but star wars the bad batch the third and final season is returning on february 21st 2024 and it's going to run through may 1st 2024 if you do the math and you say like wait that's that's not that many weeks or whatever what's going on is there less episode no that's not the case like the case is that Disney is deciding to load double up and triple up on, on some weeks for whatever reason to make it more of a viewing experience. I'm assuming they're dropping three episodes on that February 21st, which you know how I feel about that. It's it's, I mean, there, there's no way I, I don't think I should cover three episodes in one week. I mean, unless I'm just like super brief, but then it's like, I'm not covering all the specifics and maybe, maybe you, uh, you listening out there, don't need all that that specifics but i just feel i don't know it just seems like you're cutting it short where you know you could have 10 weeks or 16 you know however many episodes but now you're just cutting it down because there's i I noticed on the schedule that they they released uh, where there's a couple weeks where they're showing two episodes in one week it just seems weird that and it, it could be confusing you know if you're not paying attention i mean usually yeah it'll say watch the next episode but you might not realize that or i mean i guess it's not a big deal but i just i i don't i don't like when they do that um and i also don't like when there's not a whole lot of news because that's all i got for the news no more news let's move on (laughs) a horrible segue i gotta do something about that let's talk about comic books at image comics um this was a weird week so we're in I mean, I, is it a fifth week? I, I never look at the calendar, and I, I'm not going to open up a calendar because I, I just I don't want to do that. There wasn't a whole lot, it seemed like, which <laughs> kind of works for me in some ways, but it's, it's just it's weird. Yeah, well, Image Comics, we had a Tenement number eight. This is is weird, and I, you know I'm really not sure how I feel about it. So the whole whole point of this comic, you know, we have this this Tenement. There's this dude, he lives, you know, there's all these different characters, unrelated. Uh, they don't really, they're not friends. They don't really get along or whatever. And there's this older dude. He had this key, he gives this key to his kid and opens up this door. Then the, the old man dies or killed himself. And then the kid go, opens, unlocks this door. He goes in and in the whole building, there's like all these just weird doorway to stairways. It's like impossible. The physics, you know, doesn't match up with the building. These uh, like seven people, they get sucked into this or not sucked in, but they get pulled into this thing. They're all separated. They're lost in this labyrinth of it's just what is going on. And then um, I can't remember if it was last issue, if it was issue seven, but we get like this flashback. It was like maybe like 10, 20 years ago. And we see this older dude. I, cause, like, I, as I mentioned, I didn't realize it was the character in the beginning. I think his name is Felix, but I didn't, like, I'm horrible with names. So I didn't catch in the beginning, but he was, I think he was like a police officer. Then he turned to private, you know, it's, I think he, something happened. He ended up leaving his job. I said, to, totally forgetting now, but he became like a, like a private, private eye. And, you know, he was, this dude wanted him, I think, to follow his wife because he thought she was cheating on him or whatever. She ends up going to that building and there's like some weird stuff happening in the building. And then 
that's the same building that he's living at now. So it's like this dark stuff, whatever's going on back then is tied into this. So it kind of felt like it's like, Oh, so he was, he was a, a good guy and he was doing the right thing. Now he kind of, it, it it, and it turns out he's back. He didn't die because there's like these shadow versions of people, which is like freaky and everything like that. And so he's like, oh, that was what wasn't me that was dead or whatever. And then then he kind of does something that's like, wait a minute, maybe he's not a nice guy. Does he have some like dark intentions? So it's just like this book is freaky and everything. And again, with Andrea Sorrentino's art, it's just it's just a whole other level. So um, just in Jeff Lemire's writing, it's just it's it's crazy. Uh, there is a ghost machine comic. So this is kind of like a sort of like an anthology book. It's like showing. So with, with ghost machine, you know, this is a new, a shared universe that like Jeff Johns and uh, who, uh, Brad Meltzer, Peter Tomasi, Francis Manipole, Jason Fabic. You know, so all these people are working on this. And I, I know I didn't even name half the people. So there's just kind of like some little, little s- snippets, some, some teases, some like intro primer of like some of the different books that we're gonna get, so it's it's interesting to, to see that. Now I'm trying to think with the 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 Geiger stuff. I feel like I've read that before, and I I don't know if that was just reprinting something else. Maybe it was, and that that's fine because this is meant to be like the primer for people to see. Okay, these are the different you know books that we can expect, and it's it's a great idea, brilliant idea to to show because I think there was one like the the Rocket Fellas, Rocket Fellers, or something like that. Is that a Rockefellers, Rocket Fellers? Or something. I mean, that was like I'm like, wait, what is going on here? I'm really curious now. So it's it's just a way to see like some of the different books that that we're going to be getting, and it lets you know. Oh, I mean, hopefully, like all the books that the FOC, the order date with the comic stores is, is still open. So after reading this, and they can tell their comic stores, yeah, you know, definitely get get me five copies of issue one because I love this and and whatever so forth. So definitely, uh, it's a it's a book you, sh- you should check out just to get a, a sense of, uh, you know, are you going to want to read these books? And just with, I mean, unless you're reading digitally, you know, a lot of these books, you, you, you kind of got to be out of it. Stores need to know if there's interest. They need to know how many copies to order. They might be hesitant because they don't want to get stuck with, you know, a bunch of copies sitting on a shelf. All of these should be sellers because they're all, you know, dynamite or, or they're all amazing creators. But if if they don't feel that there's enough interest, they might only order five copies or something like that, and then you get there and, and then you miss out. Yeah, it, it helps the stores out immensely if you let them know to order. If you do have a pull list and 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 so forth, unless you're reading digitally, then you know you can just order on, online. But obviously, you should be supporting either way. Holy Roller number three. I don't think I read number two. I got to look at. So that's a. I think that's Rick Remender and, and Andy Samberg. It was like, there's like bowling stuff in here. I don't know. I, I, I was okay with the first issue. So, I, but maybe that's what I, I think I, I just, I, I just missed issue two. So I, I got to go back. Um, Newburn issue 14. I never finished 13. And now I'm getting to the point where it's like, I'm, I'm really curious about this comic, but because now I'm getting to the point, this is the dangerous territory for me as a reader, because now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I'm just going to start getting further and further behind, even though I'm only an issue and a half behind now, am I going to get caught up? Hopefully I will. I mean, I should have this week since there wasn't that many comics, but I don't, I I mean, TMI, but my daughter was back in town for a week. So, you know, I wanted to spend time with my daughter and everything like that. So it kind of helped me. It was, it was kind of good luck for me that there weren't as many comics because I wouldn't have had as much time because I can't say, sorry, daughter, I need to read these comics. I'm going to ignore you. 
So yeah, I, I didn't read 14. Um, the Schlub number six came out, and that's the other one. I, sh- I should be reading that. I haven't read the last few, and and part of it was the likability of the character. And things could change. You know, maybe I I, I gave up too early, but I. It, this is something that I, I intend. I was like, I, I need to get caught up at some point. The intention's there. Will I see through that? I don't know. Spawn 349, I'm not reading Spawn. Spawn 350 is coming out soon. It's supposed to be big, huge, uh, big changes. I have no idea what's going on in Spawn. I always want to try. Every, every time I pick up Spawn, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And then I, I stop reading it. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe 350 is the time. Maybe I should read 349. See what's going on. I don't know. And then um, I, I, I totally missed uh, Universal Monsters Dracula number four came out. I, I did not read that either. But I'm okay with that. You know, I, I love James Tynan. I can't necessarily say I love the Dracula story. And part of it, it might be because he's kind of telling the traditional, you know, Dracula story. And, uh, you know, he's not veering too much from it because he's trying to stay, you know, true to the source. Uh, the, the art is great, but. I, I don't know. It's just, it's not like, oh, I, got, I can't wait to read Dracula again. Maybe I'm just not a big Dracula fan. Uh, who, who knows? At Marvel. So I, I'm reading a lot of this stuff, and this is where I always question, why, why am I losing interest in a lot of stuff? So I don't know if it's just I'm changing as a reader. Maybe I'm just turning into grumpy old man, as, as I keep saying. Or, I mean, is the... Is the aim and focus of the books just not geared towards me or, you know, what's going on? So like Daredevil Black Armor number three. I haven't been super crazy about this, this the last two issues. It, it's been fine and all that. And I, I can appreciate these kind of, I don't necessarily want to call them retro look, you know, they're kind of like look back stories. Because this is looking back at a different era, past era of Daredevil. And it's kind of like, here's a lost story. I'm assuming, you know, I'm assuming all this would will fit nice, neatly into continuity. But it's just, I'm not super excited about it. And I think part of it is, I don't even think I read that many. I didn't realize, like, how long did Daredevil have the armor? Because I remember during Shadowland when he started wearing it, and it seems weird. It's like, was I not reading Daredevil at that point? That just kind of blows my mind to think about that. So unless it was, you know, maybe a comic vine, someone else kind of latched onto Daredevil and was reviewing that. So I'm like, okay, you can do that. I'm going to put my time somewhere else. And it's like, oh, I didn't, I'm, I'm falling behind on that. That's okay. I'm not covering that book. So I don't have to worry, stress about keeping up with it. But I didn't think it was that that long of a of a thing but I, I could be wrong so here's the other thing um gods at marvel so the fourth issue came out you know jonathan hickman valero shidi marte gracia i'm just i am i'm i'm finding it hard to love this book and i'm really curious what other people think are people digging this or not you know we got a lot of doctor strange in here which i i, I have a, a good appreciation for for doctor strange but like some of these other new characters that we're being introduced to i kind of don't really care and part of the thing is like here's a new character i don't know who they are i don't really know what they can do why am i supposed to care about them and and you know that's the big challenge where then you know it's up to the writer to to sell me on it and I'm, I'm kind of looking at, partly, I, I, you know, when I look at, it, it's like, I have so many books to read, 
And, you know, so sometimes it, it takes the fun away from me because I'm not just reading for my personal reading pleasure. I'm trying to read as much as I can so I can talk about it on the show. So that like makes it work and, you know, it makes it less fun. Like if I, I don't think I would be reading this for myself. And it's weird because I really like Jonathan Hickman. I think he's a great writer, but this book, I don't know what it is. And maybe I'm not like a big magic fan. There's just something, I, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger in there. And I'm, I'm trying to read. So this, I think this was like the first issue where I didn't actually read it. I was just kind of skimming through it, reading parts of it. Like, but I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm finding it hard. It's like, what's going to happen? What, what's going on? Um, Immortal Thor, I haven't been reading this. And my sense is that these are like kind of like flashback stories. or Because, you know, at least this cover, Thor's first journey into mystery. And so it seems like we're getting like past younger stories with Thor legends, which, you know, maybe that that's important and all that. But I've always said I, I don't like the pure Asgard stories. You know, I was like Thor on Earth with Avengers or whatever. And so, yeah, I haven't been reading this. And then uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, number four. I didn't read this either. And I love the 2099 book. I really liked the 2099 books back when they first came out. Uh, but, but this one, you know, all of these books, it's, with, it's been a weird choice of like different monsters. You know, we had like a, a, a was it like a werewolf and there was like a Dracula. And this one has Terror Inc. <laughs> 2099. I, I never understood Terror Inc. I, I, I don't know why this character exists. No offense to any whoever created him, whoever worked on him, whoever loves him, but he was just just such a weird character. I just never quite got his point, his purpose. So I I didn't read read this book because I haven't been reading the other one. So I'm like I don't know. Then we have Punisher issue three. I'm on the fence with this. You know I'm I'm all for having a new character. I, I'm. I just wonder, like, how long is this going to go? So we have this this new character. His his wife and kid were killed. He's a former Shield agent, and it, it kind of you know he was sort of framed for it. it. Looks like he did it. So he was trying to figure out you know who who killed his family. He uh, goes to this guy. I think what was his name? The Offer. I can't remember if we've seen him before. He's like this business dude. You know he arranges things or whatever. And it turns out that he didn't have his family killed but he had some information so you know this new punisher dude kind of like really pushes you know push whatever and it turns out that he wasn't a target his wife was a target because she worked at was like an accountant or secretary for some big big corporation and she would flag suspicious looking numbers and stuff like that so someone got mad at her and tried to kill her and her family so he's still trying to figure out who this person is and stuff like that but then this issue, we get this weird like villain. Uh, I forget the, this villain's name. Uh, Fear Master. One, I kind of didn't really like the design. It was almost like this kind of vampiric character. But it was like with the hairs, weird hairstyle. It's, it's so superficial, whatever. But it just seemed kind of silly. There's some cool moments here. And then there's a, a couple officers that like kind of corner him and they're like, you know, they try calling for backup. They're like, we, we got this Punisher guy. Cause he's wanted They you know, he's wanted for murder. They don't know the, the truth, but then they're like, you know, if we wait for backup, cause it's supposed to be like 30 minutes, you know, he could get away and everything. So they start going in there. But then like one dude, he, he kind of like, like, like that just like turns the, turns the table. And he's like, well, what are we going to do now? Cause you know, he realizes that there is this fear master person, whatever. And I, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, 
what is that the end game or what's a big picture goal for this character because if if he's just i mean is it gonna be a long-running thing like him trying to find out who's responsible for killing his family or is he gonna find out in the next like two or three issues and then maybe decide to continue his his fight against corruption and evil and uh, I, I don't know and i know i don't i should, don't need to worry about that stuff you just enjoy the stories in the present but i can't help but wonder like where's this going to go because at least with like frank castle and i'm not saying compared to you or whatever but frank castle this is ongoing mission so you know you don't have to worry about stuff like that i i don't know uh then there was a power pack <laughs> into the storm i'm like what I was like, young power pack. They're so much older now and everything like that. This is Louise Simonson uh, you know, writing this. And uh, June Brigman does the art. But this is a, one of those retro stories. Like, here's a story that takes place at a different point. I did not read this. I, I was okay with power pack. I never was like a huge fan. I you know, would read a couple issues when, when Franklin Richards was in it, was, was with the team. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a interesting um book i it just I, I don't know who it was for resurrection of magneto uh issue one um i think i read actually you know what i, I just flipped to the last page maybe i didn't finish i don't actually yeah i don't think i finished reading this book so here's the thing oh yeah i definitely didn't read this i thought i finished this so i started reading it <laughs> I'm going backwards. I don't know what's going on here. And because I haven't been reading X-Men Red, I, I don't know the full aspects of this because Storm has, has this, is having this nightmare about Magneto and everything like that because I'm assuming this has to be when they're on Mars or oh, I forget what, the, what they're calling the planet. Uh, Magneto's like, I'm going to destroy my backups because this is a, the belief, this is a stance I'm taking where I'm not saying that, you know, r relying on the luxury of being able to be resurrected and everything like that. He's like, you know, this is it. It backfired on him. So he got killed. There's no way to bring him back because they wiped out whatever, all that possibility. Plus things are just messed up anyways. So I'm assuming that's where this is going with the resurrection of Magneto. Somehow they're going to figure out a way to bring him back, of course, because it's comic books. But Storm has this nightmare about, you know, this comment that, that Magneto says. And then she's like laying next to some dude. And I'm like, who's this guy? I forget his, they mentioned his name, but I guess he's just some other dude living. But I haven't been reading, so I didn't even know she was in a relationship. Good for her. That's great. Don't know who this is. <laughs> but, you know, she does comment. He's not a hero. He's not whatever. So I don't know who he is, but um, you're probably aware of that. Star Wars, Thrawn Alliances. I, this was the last comic I was supposed to read. I Actually, I think it was. There may be something else I didn't read. Um, I didn't read this. I started looking through this, and I'm like, when does this take place? You know, it's it's a Timothy, Timothy Zahn and Jody Hauser writing. So I was like, oh, you know, if Timothy Zahn is involved, this, this is going to be legit, right? Um, but I don't know if, if this – it seems, you know, we're, we're in between – Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I'm assuming this is taking place then because, you know, we see Darth Vader. Actually, I don't even know if that's the case because we see Darth Vader and Emperor. So I, I don't know because I didn't read it. I don't know if they give you any other hints, but I don't know what I, what I ex was expecting. But I yeah, I'll have to check that out. Superior Spider-Man issue three. So this is Dan Slott, Mark Bagley, and that's uh, Spider-Man having to work with Doc Ock. Uh, impersonating Superior Spider-Man and, and stuff like that. It's a fun book. It's a, but I really don't like Doc Ock, and you know he's just such a jerk. 
And I don't like the fact that he has he regained his memories of that Peter Parker is Spider Man because I always think that, that that makes it too dangerous when the villains know. But it's it's uh it's there are some fun moments in here, and you know with, with like where Doc where Spider Man has to pretend that he's the superior Spider Man that he's Doc Ock and and the but um, Doc Ock is just a big big jerk I don't like him, and then there's a. Gang war, Spider Woman, and um, you know, I hate have to say, I don't know how much I sh- I don't want to spoil it, but one of the things so in the recent Spider Verse book, Jessica was like erased from existence, then she was brought back, thank goodness, and then she realized her son is gone. You know, she's got like a, a toddler kid and there's like, it's almost like, wait, did he get erased too? So she's freaking out. She doesn't know if he just never existed. Is she going crazy or did someone kidnap her kid and everything? She ended up, she found like, like uh, I think it was like a strand of hair, like a, the first haircut or something like that. There's some, some memento she found. So it was like, but everything else was gone. So it's like almost like someone took her kid and tried taking all memory everything like that but they missed this one thing so she knows her kids out there she knows someone has it she doesn't know if it's hydra took it or what's going on so she's trying to figure that out plus the fact that we're in the middle of this gang war stuff that's from the amazing spider-man so you got that on, on two fronts and then um she's she's thinking like okay this black was it black mamba or something like that i forget who it is where someone has power similar to hers so she's like they're probably holding my son hostage and like siphoning his genetic whatever to try to make meet his powers and stuff like that and as even as i say that you know when i i started thinking it's like now watch this is going to happen and it did happen i don't know if what i said was too much if you can put kind of two and two together what you think might happen but i was just like are you serious? So this is something that's going to have to be erased or retconned or some fixed somehow. Because this, I just was rolling my eyes and was like, oh my gosh. At DC Comics, we had Titans Beast World number five. Um, let me make sure. I'm Okay, now I'm not going to remember. Did I read this book? Um, I think I did. Because there's that and Titans Beast World Tour Star City. Okay, um, I don't remember which is which, but I think in Beast World Tour, so what had, I feel like I missed something. So, spoiler, Beast Boy had to turn into this giant Starro, and he got, they killed him. They're, they're figuring, I don't know if he was a cause of all the Beast stuff. Did I totally miss something? So Amanda Waller, like, had him killed because she's just a big jerk. And this is all about Amanda Waller. You know, she's just really, like, pushing things and pushing things. So we're dealing with with all that. Um, I think that that's what this issue was about, like going to talk to Amanda and, you know, just like what what her idea is and what she's doing. And then the, I think the world tour, Star City, that was with Green Arrow and uh, Ollie and, and Connor, uh, which was weird because this takes place like before. But then we also had Green Arrow issue eight uh, that had Ollie and Connor um, and Anamanapea. And it was kind of cool because Phil Hester does the art his, he has such a distinct style, and I've totally, like, I've grown to appreciate his style so much. And because uh, I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is this is different. And even if you compare his his style compared to, like, the last issue, you know, that could be, it could, it could be a little jarring for, you know, anytime you have artists with different styles in a book, 
you know, when, when you, you switch artists, it's like, wait, what? But what I, I deeply, you know, appreciate and respect is, you know, Phil Hester is co-creator of Onomatopoeia with, with Kevin Smith. So it's, it's kind of cool that they got him to draw this issue. And, you know, he did do some, I, I think he did like some kind of panels or flashback stuff in previous issues when we're seeing all the different, you know, green arrows from different time periods. So I, I think that that's cool that they, they used him. The, the only thing is Onomatopoeia, it's weird how he's handling this issue because they really kind of build him up as this like really formidable and deadly villain because like some of the stuff, like something he does here, it's like, holy crap, it's like, really? But then they kind of like, turn things around it's like wait a minute so what what really happened so uh, yeah i i don't know uh the flash issue five um i'm i i don't know how i feel about this so mike deodato i i love his art i don't know if like the flash is the book for him to do it's and and maybe it has to do with the story so simon spur you know he's he's a, a great writer too some of his stuff didn't he do the legion comic i could be totally wrong with that but i feel like some stuff gets not necessarily cerebral but it just kind of kind of is like out there and and so forth and and this flash story there's like some weird stuff going on which is cool because it's something different but it's just like this weird vibe we are getting some um, some stuff happening with 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 jay which I, i can appreciate because i always feel like not much was was being done with him and and so now we're kind of seeing him develop so i think that's important if you're gonna have these kid characters do something with them make me care about them because i can't stand them so i'm i'm, I'm starting to appreciate both of them more which i can't believe i'm saying that uh then there is detective comics i'm still not reading that it, it feels like every time i i look at at you know the interiors or, or something like that it's like some like historical batman story or something I, I don't know what it is or if it's an art style just just seems i i, I don't know so someday, and I feel like, well, I haven't been reading detective comics for a few months now. I, may, I can't read it because I'm not going to know what's going on. It's, it just, it kind of blows me away that I'm not reading it. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I find it hard to believe. But I'm also not reading Batman the Brave and the Bold. I didn't even look at this issue. I'm assuming, I could be wrong, isn't this like the anthology book with everything? So I, I didn't look at that because of that reason. Power Girl issue five. Uh, this was a streaky focused issue. So it's super cute and fun, but it almost, it almost feels like, are they doing it because they really want to do a a cute and fun book or are they doing it because they're kind of desperate and they know that it's going to be cute and fun if they do it, which maybe doesn't matter if what that's the intention, but, uh, I don't know. So it, it, I, I hate being skeptical, but I feel like th- that that's the reason why we had this issue is because like, oh, people, people really like Streaky. You know, there's this fondness there. So let's do this issue focusing on Streaky rather than looking at the main characters. But it, so it, it was, it, I, I enjoyed it, but again, I can't help but be skeptical about it. Next issue, we're going to get uh, Power Girl and Supergirl teaming up, which I, I'm excited for that. I, I, I want to see more of the two of them. I, I think that could be you know cool to see them both together. So we'll see. Amazon Attacks issue four. I just kind of skimmed through that, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of ready for this this whole Amazon thing to be over. This anti Amazon, it's just it's it's too much for me. Uh, I'm not reading the Penguin issue six is out, so I don't know how that is. And uh, I guess that's it. So that is going to be comics for the week. All right, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, Season 1, 
episode 10, Beyond Logic. So this is the final episode of the season. Hopefully, it's there's hopefully there's more. <laughs> hopefully this isn't a series finale because uh, we we need more. So it it starts off. Kate stirs up at at, at Kay. Kay um, asks if you know she's our. Kay Kay asks if she's all right. She's like. I can't answer that right now. And she's like, can you walk? She says, those creatures are, are very territorial and, and we're in your territory now, so let's go. And and Kate's just looking at her. She's like, you're really her. You're Kaiko Randa. And she's like, were you expecting someone else? And Kate's like, I wasn't expecting to be alive. And Kay's like, oh, I know the feeling. She's like, we need to move. And she's like, wait. And and then um, Kay's like, who are you? She's like, what's your name? She's like, I'm Kate. And then Kay's like, well, how did you get here? And she's like, we fell. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, mate, we have to find the people I came with. And Kay's like, is is Billy with you? And she's like, what? She's like, Bill Randa, Leisha. And Kate's just, because, you know, Kate, obviously, she's trying to be, you know, she's like, what the heck is going on? So she's like, we have to go back. She's like, we have to find them. And Kai's like, we will. She's like, calm down. She's like, this way. Then it cuts to Tokyo. Um, Kentaro asks his dad, you know, at his office, like, you know, what were you doing in Alaska? You know, out in the desert. Did you know Godzilla was going to be there? And he's like, I didn't know it would be Godzilla, but I needed to draw out a Titan. And Katara's like, why? He's like, to open a rift, to prove the network exists. There's a gateway that leads to their world inside our own. And Katara's like, all this to prove your theory was right? And he's like, that my parents were right. If they hadn't been dismissed as lunatics, heretics by Monarch, maybe G-Day would never need to have happened. Maybe Kate would still be here. And Kentaro's like, Kate's not dead because of Monarch. She's dead because of us, because I believed in you. But all you ever cared about was this. And he like tosses like his map off, off his desk. That isn't true. I only wanted to protect you from this, but you didn't need my protection. And he's like, you want to spare the others the pain we feel? You want to find a way for the human species to survive? Help me. Work with me. We can solve this together. And Kentaro's like, solve what? The secret of coexistence. So he's like, all right, if you can answer one question. And he's like, that's what matters to you now? With the fate of the world at stake? The choice I made? So he's probably you know, talking about, it's like, why do you have two wives? He's like, you think I haven't tried to understand it myself? Would you rather that I haven't fallen in love with your mother? That our family never existed? And he's like, our family doesn't exist. Not anymore. And he walks out of the office. So Kay is like, if the rest of your rescue party followed my beacon there's only one place they can come out it's like i knew once they they find my signal they they, they would come in case like signal it's like what signal and in case like you're not part of the rescue party are you he's like you didn't expect to find me here you're not monarch who are you and before she can answer they hear something and Kay like gets like a right uh, arrow ready and it's may so she and, K- and kate run to each other then may sees Kay. You know, and she recognized her from the picture. So Kay's like, tell me who you are. And she's like, holy spit. And then, then you hear, Kaiko, Kaiko, is that really you? It's like, you know, off from like, uh, off camera. And she's like, of course it is. Who is this? So Shaw's hiding behind a tree and he's like, hesitates. He's like, it's me, Kay. It's, it's Lee. And she's like, Lee, your voice sounds different. Come out where I can see you. He's like, no, just stay there for a second. There are some things you need to understand first. And she's like, what things? So Shaw's like, how long do you think you've been down here, Kay? And she's like, by my estimation, 57 days. Why? Why are you hiding from me? He's like, 
I came down here too, Kay, after you fell. I led a recon mission. And she's like, wait, you were here? How? When? Like, that mission was in 1962. And Kay's like, it's 1959. You're not making sense. So Shaw's like, I came down here in 1962. I thought I was here for only a week or so, and then I was able to get right back up. I escaped, but it was, it was 1982. And she's like, no. He's like, and that was 33 years ago. So she kind of like processes, she like nods her head, and she's like, with all the gravitational distortion, some warping of space-time would make, and she puts her face like, her hands like she's in tears. Then she turns up to Kate and May. She's like, is it true? Is it 2015? And she, she like does the math like that. And Shaw's like, you always were good with numbers, Kay. And, and he's like, he came, somehow he moved quickly. He's like right behind her. And she's like, Lee. He's like, I can't believe you're alive. I, and he, he takes her face in his hands and she like sheds a tear. Then she's like, it's you. It is you, Lee. And she's like, Billy? He's like, no, Kay. He's gone. He died a long time ago. She's like, no. And she like sobs. She's like, no, 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 no. Then she walks over to a tree. And she like kind of thinks. And she turns. She's like, Hiroshi. Hiroshi? Kate steps forward. She's like, he's fine. He's fine. He's okay. And Kay whispers. She's like, how do you know? How do you know? Who are you? And Kate's like, I'm your granddaughter. And it's just like, I mean, I, I was like getting a little emotional during this because it's just, I mean, just the, the you know, losing all, all that time and, you know, her husband's gone and just, now she has a granddaughter and, you know, 33, all those years. And at Monarch, Verdugo tells Tim that the, the gamma emissions have stabilized, you know, still high, but not end of the world high. You know, most of the outposts are back online. And he's like, is there any word from Duval? And she's like, were you expecting one? He's like, not really. He's like, what about the signal? And Verdugo's like, it's not our priority right now. And he, he's like, well, someone could be alive, and that's not a priority? She's like, with the whole planet still humming like a pressure cooker, with every station on alert for possible emergence? No, it's not. And Tim's like, if someone survived down there, they might know what's going on. That feels like it might be a big deal. Verdugo's like, in normal times, it would be a huge deal. But we're looking at a wave of Titan events threatening the lives of 7 billion people. I'm not peeling off resources to save three. Tim's like, okay, what if three could save seven billion? Someone's alive down there, and they might have the answers we need, and they're calling us for help. We cannot, he slams his hand down, we cannot pretend that we don't hear him. And this is like in a big control room, so there's like other people kind of looking, so she like walks up to him, and, and she's like, look at the map, Tim. There's a big, on a big screen. Look at the scale of what we're trying to stop. My hands are tied. Then untie them. Otherwise, Shaw was right about us. He was definitely right about you. So then she's like, I need you to think very carefully about the next words you're going to say. Now, are you going to take your seat, do your job, and help us deal with this crisis? Or do I need to extend your medical leave indefinitely? In the underworld, whatever, they go to where Kay's been staying, some like makeshift shelter. And Shaw's surprised to see like the monarch bait sphere thing there. And she's like, I reconfigured the emitter tube to send out a directional gamma ray pulse to let you know where, where I was. So Monarch made it to 1962. Kate's like, well, they're around even today. It's like, dad was part of it. And then she's like, tell me about him. Kate's like, he's a family man. <laughs> he's, I guess you could say he's got two families. He's so much of a family man. 
And she's like, he followed in your footsteps. And when Monarch wouldn't let him, he did it on his own. He never knew, knows when to stop. And she's like, is he happy? And Shaw's like, why don't you ask him that yourself? Can you rewire this back to its original configuration? And she's like, yes, I think so. He's like, well, in that case, I'm going to take you home. Hiroshi's at the apartment. He like packed up some stuff in a box. He's like, I told you it wouldn't take long. So his wife, Kentaro's mom's like, she says that, you know, she gave most everything away because you know, she thought he was dead. And you know, he says he still needs to make a few more trips. She's like, where will you go? He's like, San Francisco, just for a few days. There are some things I need to do for the divorce. And she says that, you know, after the attack in San Francisco, they called everyone they could think of, you know, hospitals, Red Cross. They searched the Internet. She never gave up hope that he would come home. And she's like, we dreamed about, you know, this day. No matter what you did to me, your son deserves a relationship with his father. And then she picks up the box that he packed. So please, when you find out where you're staying, let Kentaro know. And she puts her wedding ring on top of the box. So she's just like, yeah, we're, we're done, dude. And he just like nods slowly and he like leaves. Shaw, Kay, Kate, and May, they're like moving to Sphere. They're like, they put on some sort of, they're like carrying it, like sort of like in a stretcher thing, you know, makeshift, whatever. Then they're, they're going wild. They have to like set it down. Shaw kind of gets sarcastic. He's like, sure, let's, let's take five. We have all the time in the world. I'd love to get to world with flying cars. And, you know, then the, t the two girls, they both go off and they both, they're like, don't go far. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, Kentaro is sitting at, a at that bar he goes to. He's like drawing map on napkins or he's trying to. He thinks about May like when they were there. Then Tim comes up to him, asks if he minds if he joins him. Kentaro's like, what are you doing here? And Tim says, like, well, your mom said you might be here. He like sits next to him. Uh, they ask each other how their legs are because, you know, they both broke their legs. And Tim says that, you know, his hurts when it rains. Kentaro says that his makes a funny clicking noise. So Kentaro eventually asks him he's, again, he's like, what are you doing here? And Tim shows him a file he brought. He's like, the gamma ray bursts. We found a coherent signal, a message. And Kentaro's like, from who? I don't know, but it's coming from inside the rifts. Kentaro's like, what am I supposed to do with it? I don't know about what any of this means. He's like, you don't, but your father might. Shaw tells Kay, he's like, you look exactly as you've always looked in my mind's eye all these years. Exactly. She's like, I've been talking to you and Billy in my head the whole time I was here, who you were anyways. And there's a, a slight pause. She's like, what happened to Billy? Shaw's like, I heard that. I guess he was, uh, he was leading an expedition to some island and he was trying to prove some of the theories about all this and he never came back. She's like, oh. He's like, but he did, he did it, Kay. He was the last man standing. He went down swinging. He saved Monarch. He saved everything, everything that you and he built. And she's like, everything that three of us built. He's like, yeah. And she's like, I've lost so much time, Lee. What, what's it like now? 2015. Even the words sound fantastic. Shaw's like, the cars are smaller and more efficient. Nowhere near as cool. But the TV sets are bigger, flat. Everybody's got one. I mean, they're everywhere. And, you know, gadgets, you, you know, they got a phone that does everything. And it's, oh, hey, we went to the moon. Yeah, of, of course, I missed that one, too, because I was down here. But, you know, same old worlds, same people, conflicts, triumphs, you know, moms, dads, kids. Well, you know, speaking of kids, I guess we should check on ours. Um, Hiroshi's he's watching the, the John Goodman, Bill Randa video. And it's like, I don't know if this will get to you. I hope so. Actually, I don't. Because it will probably mean I'm dead, which you may not feel too busted up about. 
you know, sorry, I got to keep this short. You may never forgive me for what I took from you. And I can't go back in time and fix all mistakes that I made, but maybe I can leave you something for the future, a legacy. And you'll realize it was all worth it. There's a knock at the door and it's Tim. He says, hello. And he's like, Tim, what are you doing here? And he's like, can we come in? And Hiroshi like opens the door, like all the way. He's just Kentaro standing there too. And he's like, Kentaro's like, I thought you wanted my help. So Tim, then he recognized Bill on a pause video. And Hiroshi says that he's, he appreciates his fidelity to his parents' memory, but he's very busy. He has no interest in working with Monarch. And, and then Tim's like, well, that's probably good because they wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. So Hiroshi's like, then what do you want? So Kentaro's uh, like, just show him. So he's, Tim's like, gamma ray bursts coming from inside the rifts. He's like, well, I am well aware of the gamma emissions. And Tim's like, no, not these. They're not the same as the ones we detected before G-Day. There's a coherent signal in there. And he's like, coherent? How? By what? And Tim's like, by who? Kentaro says that uh, he thinks Kate could be alive. And Hiroshi like shuts the file. He's like, why are you doing this? Tim's like, look, it sounds crazy. No, it's impossible. Tim's like, it's not impossible. Shaw came back. And he's like, and the rest of the team didn't. The variables are nearly infinite. And Kentaro's like, you sound like you don't want it to be true. And Hiroshi's like, of course I want it to be true. But there's a big difference between what you want to be and what could be. And he like, kind of tosses a file at their side of the desk. Like, this is cruel. And Kentaro's like, you said you wanted me to work with you to finish your journey. Fine, I'm in. But first, help me find my sister. And he's like, how? Monarch won't help. Not with something like this. And Tim's like, no, they won't. That's why I quit. Monarch isn't the only game in town. So that's one of the things I'm watching about this. I'm thinking, it's like, okay, they're spending time in the underworld, in the rift or whatever. It's not a whole lot of times, you know, that's passing. But the fact that they're in there and time is passing. So it's like, how much time is passing in, in the real world? Because, you know, it was 2015. So like here, he quit. Like even when he goes from the control room with Tim, when Tim's with Verduga to go into the bar and then, it's like, how much time? Because Hiroshi said he's going to San Francisco, and now he's back. Anyways, so they're walking in. I think it was May. She's like, so if we're in the realm of the Titans or whatever, why does it look so much like Earth? And, and I think it was Kay. It's like, because it is. Parts of it, anyways, different pieces for home, different pieces of their world, all put together like a patchwork quilt. And she's like, I don't think this is the realm of the Titans at all. It's a place in between places. I call it Axis Mundi. And Kay's like, the pole between heaven and earth. And Kai's like, you know? And she's like, school teacher. They set the sphere down again. And May's like, how's light getting in when we're underground? And Shaw's like, how do you know we're underground? And she's like, because we fell down the hole. He's like, did we fall? And she's like, yeah. He's like, or did we enter? And Kay's like, the rabbit hole. And then he's like, welcome to it, Alice. We're almost there. So there's this place with like orange and blue shimmery lights going up. And like Shaw's old sphere is there he's like there she is right where i left her it's like that's our ride so shaw climbs in turns turns it on he's like this is amazing 53 years and it's still got juice and Kay's like it's only been here a few weeks and he's like thanks for reminding me dr randa all right let's get these things wired up and get out of here so they work on connecting like the bait sphere that they brought over to the bigger pod there's this like roar nearby shaw tells Kay to you know let him finish he's like and she's like i got it he's like Stop. He's like, what's wrong with you? She's like, I'm staying behind. And he's like, what? 
She's like, Billy's gone, and my boy grew up without me. I'm not going to ruin his life again by reappearing suddenly. Whatever's out there, it's not my world, not anymore. And Kate's like, no. She's like, these monsters have taken everything from me. No more. This curse is broken. You still have work to do up there, and we need you. There's a long pause, and Shaw nods. And Kate's like, now, let's move our asses and get the hell out of here. And then Shaw's like, she's your granddaughter. So they're, they're all in. Shaw closes the hatch. He's like, Fast, fasten your seatbelts. So it's like, we're first in line for takeoff. And May's like, does this flight have drink service? He's like, no, but when we get back, first round's on me. Kate asks, asks her if she's ready, and she's like, just waiting for you. It almost seems like, like I don't know, is there some connection between May and Kate, or are they just friends? Because I feel like, because we know Kate is gay or bisexual or whatever. May, mm, I mean, she was with Kentaro, but I don't know. I guess we don't know for certain. So I feel like they're trying to, I don't know, maybe they're just got a good friendship, but it doesn't seem like they were friends enough. So it almost seems like, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just reading into it. Um, so he turns it on. He gives some uh, instruction to Kate. You know, she's by his controls, you know, by the radar or whatever. Then he looks out the window and he curses because he's like, oh, we, we lured a Titan that was already here. And it, like, it's a big flying one that flies towards him. Kate says that the, she's like, there's something coming through the rift. And so they're running out of time. Shaw says, we're not going to get another shot. The flying Titan swoops down again and bangs the pod. Alarms go off. One of the cables kind of came undone. And Kate's like, it's leaving. It, you know, it's, it's going away from them. So Shaw gets up. And I think uh, Kay's like, I, well, someone's like, what are you doing? He's like, my job. He opens the hatch. He sees a Titan. He gets up. He, he goes out there. And he tries plugging in the cable. So it, it got moved. So it's almost like stretched out. So you can't quite plug it in together. And this Titan's like huge. So he finally manages to pull it together, get it plugged in. The Titan roars lights like shimmering he's still outside Kay's like sticks her head out the flying titan flies and then here guess what godzilla comes through the portal so the flying one swoops down and starts like biting at, at godzilla's necks godzilla flings it off and he starts to power up but but then the, the flying thing like vomits something at him he blasts um he blasts it and lee gets like knocked back a bit godzilla just tears it apart rips it apart and it hits the portal. So then the pod starts getting sucked up. Lee's like running. And uh, Kay, Kay's like, she's like, I got you. you know, she's like, don't let go. Because they, they he's like holding her hand. And he's like, oh, it's too much weight. And he like thanks her. He's like, thank you for everything. And he like kind of like peels her hand off and to, to let go. So he goes flying back. Kay like screams. May tells her like, you got to strap in. So then the pod enters a rift. So lights shimmering. Pod lands like, wait, like a parking lot or some landing pad? It's like, where, where is it at? They get out, then some soldiers come up, and they're all, like, all in black, so you, like, can't tell who they are. So they're like, where are we? What is this place? So um, then Kentaro is there, and he calls a Kate, and so they hug, and he's like, welcome back. He hugs May, and she's like, you did all this? He's like, me? No. She's like, I don't understand most of it. It's like, but we were lucky, you know, someone had already done a lot of the math. Hiroshi's there. He approaches, hugs Kate. Then he sees Kay, and this is the other part. It's like get emotional for me. It's like seeing this. They just like stare at each other, and Kate kind of pulls him towards Kay, and it kind of moves back. And he's like, "Mama," she like laughs, cries, and she nods a little. And she's then she's like, "You got so big." She hugs him. He like, <laughs> it's like so sweet. He like puts his head on on her shoulder, and he's like slowly like sinking into her. And she's like, "I'm so sorry." 
So he's just crying, like stroking his head, and he looks at her, and Kate like Kate says, Kentaro, I'd like you to meet our grandmother. And she's like, this is my brother. This other lady walks up with Tim, and she's like, I hate to interrupt, but we'd like to get you into medical and debriefing. So I was like, wait, who is this? And then you realize the lady is Brenda, May's old boss. Because May's like, Brenda, what are you doing here? And she's like, well, someone had to pay for all this. And to Tim, she's like, are you, May's like, are you working with her now? He's like, it's complicated. Because he said, Monarch's the only game in town. Uh, her whatever cyberdyne company, whatever, I forget what it was called. They obviously had money and... Kate looks at Kentaro, and he's like, a lot's changed in the past two years, so they were gone for two years, which makes sense. They weren't gone that long, but I'm, I'm glad that they actually made it time pass. So what, it's 2017 now? And then uh, some alarms start going off, so they're like, let's go. So May's like, what's going on? Brenda's like, only everything I ever promised you. Kate like looks back. Tim grabs her outside the hangar behind the trees. King Kong lumbers up. <laughs> and that's the end of the season. Oh, it's this is so good. <laughs> and here's a funny thing. So as I'm getting excited about this, I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, I, I'm just this is this season's been great. It, it's gotten me so excited for this, just seeing and and just like understanding. And it kind of makes me like appreciate sort of like the first Godzilla because I was like I never really got the first the 2014 Godzilla I was like okay you got all this stuff going on and you got these two big titan cockroaches whatever crawl out they destroy or they attack Hawaii or going across the United States and Godzilla finally comes in like the last 45 minutes of the movie or whatever he starts fighting them they destroy San Francisco defeats them spoilers defeats them he's like knocked out but then he's fine and i was just like what is the point of all that it's like what are these these titans doing and why is godzilla chasing you know okay godzilla king of monsters we know that so he's he's a, like the monster patrol he's it's like what what is happening so i never really got the movie so i'm like i should watch it again so i started watching and then i was like i probably should have watched skull island conk skull island because even though that came out 2017 i believe Godzilla's 2014, so sequentially, whatever, it came out first. I watched it, and um, it's, I still find that movie so incredibly boring. There's just, like, nothing happens. I mean, Brian Cranston, he's amazing. His character, absolutely worthless. Serves no purpose. It's like, okay, yeah, you're great here, and now you're gone. And it's just, you know, it's, it's more about the character development, and it's just like, eh. So it's just... And and little things, was it Ken Wantonby that was in it? I forget. But it, it, there's like little things, even like Brian Cranston's character, he's like, oh, there's something going on. And it was like, okay, where's Hiroshi? Where's like anyone from Monarch? And Because, you know, you, Monarch is there. They, they have a presence. But it's like all this stuff, all these characters that were created for the show weren't around then. So it's like there's almost like some duplicate stuff. It's just, I just... It's it's so weird. I'm gonna force. I want to watch the other movies too. But uh, the other gods, I almost forgot that there was a second Godzilla movie. I was thinking that it was Godzilla Congress is Godzilla, but no, there was another Godzilla movie. That's the one with Millie Bobby Brown or whatever her name is. And then there is a Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. This show is just so much better than those movies. But we'll see. So. I, I really, really hope there's a second season because this show has just been so good. And I love just the use of Godzilla, not over the top. They don't, they, they don't exploit it. And the fact that we get Kong in the very last episode, awesome, great tease. 
this is just so good. So uh, hopefully we hear something soon about the show coming back. Okay, then with Percy Jackson and the Olympians, season one, episode seven, we find out the truth, sort of. So this is a second to last episode, I believe. It starts off, Percy walks into a waterbed store, owner yells out, welcome, and then he sees it's Percy. He's like, oh, hello there. He's like, missing our mummy? So he's a little sarcastic. And Percy's like, I know who you are. You're Procrustes, I think it was, son of Poseidon and murderer of travelers. He's like, Krusty, please. And if you, you've got dad's eyes. He's like, take a load off. Relax for a minute. And Percy's like, the beds are a trap. That's how you do it. How you murder your guests. I do? I know there's a secret passage to the underworld here. I know you were left here to guard it, but I need you to let me through. Please. And he's like, in addition to being incredibly comfortable, these beds are great for your self-confidence. They show you how to fit. Fitting's not easy for guys like us, am I right? Our parents make it so hard, stretching us and twisting us and hacking off pieces to make us seem more like them. Anywho, these beds take all that away. With these beds, you just fit. Try it. I think you'll feel much better. And Percy's like, you first. And he shoves him back. And then the sheets whoosh, like kind of wrap around him. And Annabeth was there too. She reveals herself. And Krusty's like, you won't save her. You won't be the first to try bringing someone back from the underworld. You won't be the first to fail. And Annabeth's like, hey, you're lucky we're letting you keep your head, dummy. He's like, don't push it. And then Grover from outside sticks his head in the door. He's like, is it over? In the back, like you're in the office, there's a, a door marked, do not enter. And Percy wonders, is this the right way? And Grover like steps you know, forward. There's like wind and screaming or something like that. And he coughs. He's like, either it's, it's the realm of the dead or someone left a carton of milk there in the 1990s. Annabeth gives him like the squeaky ball to squeeze, to, to calm down or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Why is there a squeaky ball on the desk? Good thing there is, though. Percy holds out the pearls. He says that if they get in trouble, those are their tickets out. Annabeth's like, no one's turning back until, you know, they all come back. And Krusty yells out, no one comes back. And she's like, dude, don't make me come back out there. So Percy says that, you know, he doesn't know what's down there. He just thinks it's safer if he's not holding them all. So they reluctantly take one pearl each. And Grover's like, let's go get your mom. And he looks at like the two, his two pearls and then they, they go through the door. So then there's, I think it's the same scene we saw before where it's like, you know, cause you see a car like outside the school, you know, lights are flashing, whatever. And then young Percy's sitting in, in, in the back seat. His mom's like, well, we're not in Kansas anymore. And look, little Percy's like, what? And then she's like, I never showed you that movie. Oh, I meant we are only an hour from the city and it feels like we're in a different planet. It's so peaceful. And he's like, I'm not going. So his mom, Sally, she's like, we discussed this. It's going to be really good for you. Dr. Higgins says that this is the best school, the best, the best program in the state for kids with learning differences. Okay. We're, we're going to, you know, we were very lucky to get in. I'm not going. And she's like, Percy, I know that you do not want to do this, but sometimes I have to make choices that you do not understand. I'm not going. Then she gets out of, out of the car. Percy locks his door. She goes to his door. She's like, Percy, this is not a negotiation. 
The only question is, how ugly are you going to make it before we say goodbye? Now open the door. And he's like, fine. Then back to the underworld. So it's like, <laughs> you watch that, you're like, what, what the heck is that about? In the underworld or wherever, Grover like closes some hatch. It's like rocky and smoky. There's like mountains, wasteland. And Percy's like, not in Kansas. And Annabeth's like, hey, focus. We left Kansas four, four days ago. And Percy's like, yeah, no, it's, uh, never mind, because she's never watched movies. So then uh, Grover's like, guys, is that who I think it is? Annabeth's like, Sharon, the boatman, taking new arrivals across the river Styx, which means that over there is the main gates. Let's go. Annabeth tells Grover that, you know, maybe he should hold on to the squeaky ball. Again, what's up with the squeaky ball? Why do they care? And again, it's a good thing they have it. So they try making their way through this big, thick line of people. There's like, you know, it's like maybe like 10 across or just, I don't remember how many. There's tons of people just walking forward. They're like, excuse me. It's like, uh, we're with them out there. You know, they're just cutting line and everything. They finally reach the front and Sharon, Kara, whatever his name is, he stares at them from under his cloak. You're not dead. And Percy's like, I mean, well, we're all dying to some extent. And you didn't pay to cross. So then he like starts to turn away and Percy's like, we, we can pay, we, we can pay drachmas, uh, take, take, just take them all. And then uh, Charn blows a silent whistle and Percy's like, you can buy a new whistle. There's this big roar. So they, they start running. So then whatever this big thing is, pounces on, on, on Grover. So they, they get separated. Percy takes out his sword. So it's a Cerberus, it's a three-headed, whatever, Hound of Hades. So then it's, it's all of a sudden it's calm and because Annabeth is like petting it in this one spot, whatever. So it kind of like plops down, puts its, its head down and it, I don't know if it starts sleeping, whatever. So then Grover crawls out of one of the mouths and he's like, you are a bad, bad dog. Annabeth calls out. She's like, I can't hold it much longer. So Percy asks Grover, he's like, can you, you know, fly us up there, this mountain like with your shoes? He like shakes his head. Annabeth's like, you, you can do, you know, one at a time. You know, take Percy first. Annabeth, like, starts to slip from a spot on on, on the service. So Percy and Grover reach top, but then they look down. And they, they can't see anything because of all the smoke. Then the squeaky ball flies up. But I said, I thought, I thought Annabeth told Grover to hold on to it, but she must have had it. So it goes flying up. Percy catches it, and he, like, squeezes it. And the Cerebus, like, leaps up and just, like, barely doesn't make it. It just, like, falls back down. So they, like, peer over the edge. And Annabeth's, like, hanging out to the edge. So they help her up. She takes the ball. So then she squeezes it and, like, kind of tosses it a little, little ways off. And the Cerebus, like, runs after it. So Percy's impressed when he sees Hades, Hades Palace. Because it's, like, upside down in the sky, like, far off. Annabeth says that that's where they're, they're keeping the Master Bolt and Percy's mom. So Grover realizes, he's like, hey, uh, guys, I, I lost my pearl. And he's like, I think it's in the dog. Which, that makes no sense, but okay. It's like, okay, you, you, where'd you put the pearl in your pocket? You get chomped on by a dog, and suddenly everything falls out of your pocket? And or it, It's like, why wouldn't you be a, a little more careful with it? And he's like, what are we going to do? And the end of us like, oh, I don't know, but if we don't move, it won't matter. So back to the past, young Percy sits. Sally's like, she's arguing with the administrator. And they say that you know, Percy's not registered. And she's like, no. She's like, I have an email saying that he is. 
So the admin dude's like, oh, I'm very sorry, but some new information came to light that has forced us to reconsider your application. And she's like, what kind of information? He's like, a drawing. And she's like, oh, come on. It wasn't a disciplinary issue. A drawing that caused his previous school counselor to reach out to me personally to express his concern, which seems a little unethical. I mean, it'd be one thing if they ask the, the counselor but for the counselor to go out and reach out and say hey by the way this kid's a concern don't let him in your school that just seems uh, that that and it's not necessarily like patient it should be confidential information it, it seems weird so she's like he drew a picture of a horse with wings so it's like okay what what's wrong with that and he's like, it isn't just a drawing. Our problem is that he was found walking across the roof of the gymnasium, after which he said he saw something out there. We aren't equipped to offer that kind of psychological monitoring we believe your child will require here. Which, again, it's like, okay, make sure the door is locked. No kid should be able to go. And what kid isn't going to want to try crawling, you know, walking around up on a roof? She's, she's like, I have already withdrawn him from his former school. He has no place to go. And the dude's like, have you considered homeschool? I know it sounds overwhelming, but there are resources to help. Some children are better off being with their parent. And she's like, I'm sorry, but no, I, I cannot accept that as an answer. So let's you and I figure out a way to make this work. So Grover continues as they're walking. He's like, we can't ignore this. It, it's, it's math. But it's like, dude, then you shouldn't have lost your pearl. He's like, someone has, has to be left behind. It should be me. And Percy's like, it wasn't your fault. It Come on, it totally was his fault. So then Percy puts his pearl in his hand. And he's like, you're not staying behind, period. He's like, after we get the bolt and stop the war, you guys are leaving with my mom. And Grover's like, well, what about you? Percy turns. And then Grover's like, wait, 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 wait. He's like, Percy? And Percy's like, quests aren't linear, right? I'll figure something out. Then they see a figure like in front of them and Percy's like, he's like, sorry. And Annabeth says like, they can't hear you. And Grover's like, they? And looking around, there's all these people around them. So Annabeth's like, this must be Asphodel. She's like, I read a book about this place. She bends down and lifts up like the wrapping of like one person and there's like roots. So the person's like, like rooted to the ground. And she's like, souls here are bound by regret, haunted by choices they made in life or never made. And then you hear the Cerberus roars like in the distance. So they start running. Percy and Grover, then they realize like, wait, where's Annabeth? They call out to her. She calls it in. So they go back and she's like, we have a problem here. So now she's rooted down and it's too strong to pull free. Percy's like, how did this happen? And Grover's like, it's some kind of regret, right? What would you have to regret? And then she's like, just go. She says she'll distract the dog and buy them some time. And she holds a pearl in her hand. She's like, that'll work, right? And she's like, I, I trust your dad. So it's like, you know, you can do this. And he's like, I know you can. She's like, run, now. It's like, I wonder if, if there, what would happen if Percy tried like cutting it? Or would it be like cutting her leg or something like that? But it's like, where's, I don't know, like where's her feet end? So they go a bit and they turn around. Then they see like a white flash. And Grover's like, she made it. Annabeth is, is back in, in the regular world. So they've reached this desert, totally different, you know, landscape. Grover says that it's like they haven't heard a dog in a while, you know, chased them all this way and it just stopped. 
So Percy wonders why. Rover starts, all of a sudden, it starts walking faster, going up this hill, and he's like, I can't stop. He, so he's trying with the shoes. He f goes over this little hill, and there's like this huge hole, and it's like pulling him in there. Percy runs after him, grabs onto him. So he's still getting pulled into the hole, and Percy pulls out his sword, jams it into the ground, kind of like anchor themselves. Grover is like still getting pulled in, and then the flying shoes are like ripped off his, his, his hooves, and then they fall into the hole. So as Percy falls back, there's like this clunk from his backpack. He opens it. He opens the zipper. And he pulls out. Wait, it's like, what is that the master bolt? He's like, is this? And Grover's like, no. Percy's like, it looks like it, it absolutely is not. Then Percy's like, okay, so what is it then? And Grover's like, yeah, that's the master bolt. And Percy's like, I mean, I think so, right? And Grover's like, how's that in your bag? And he's like, wait. This isn't my bag. This is the bag Ares gave me. Ares had the Master Bolt this entire time and tricked us. And Gro's like, he was working with Hades? And Percy's like, I guess so. And Gro's like, I mean, that was it, right? That's the quest? Zeus is expecting us to return this. Percy looks like towards Hades' place and then Grover stands. And he's like, well, Zeus is just going to have to wait. Let's go get your mom. So in the past, Sally tells young Percy, you know, they're like at a diner. He's got this, this big like uh, shake Sunday thing in front of him, but he's like not touching it. So she says, she's like, I know this is hard. She's like, I hope you know that I know that. She's like, but the school's going to be really good for you. So I guess maybe she convinced him. I don't know. But she's like, I know that too. If, if you really don't like it there, then we can look for other options. She's like, I mean it. I just want you to give this place a chance. She's like, I got to drop you off soon. So let's not spend our last few minutes like this. And he's like, why are you doing this? Why are you trying so hard to get rid of me? He's like, I would never do this to you. And she just like looks at him and then she just gets up. She kisses the top of his head. She's like, I'm going to go pay. So she never answered him. She like walks up to the bar. She just like closes her eyes and like takes a deep breath. So it's like, wait, what is that about? In the underworld, there's a couple guards at, at the gate. They like bang their big like axe staffs or whatever. Door opens. They walk in. And then like a section of the floor lifts them up like an elevator. They reach the top and they hear like footsteps. This dude walks up to them. Hey fellas, welcome. Sorry about all the oh oh anyways, it's it's great to meet you. I know who you are, and you know who I am. So we can skip right past that part. Can I get you anything? Juice, snack? And Grover's like, that'd be great. And Percy he just cuts him, he's like, My mother. And this dude's like, boom, straight to <laughs> straight to business. He's like, I admire the the cut in your jib. And Percy's like, where is she? He's like, right, okie dokie, let's get to it. Your mom's just over there. So he starts walking a little little ways. There's like the sofa, a lamp, whatever. He uncovers this big thing. It's like a bronze statue of Sally. Percy's like, what did you do to her? He, and he's like, saved her life? You know, typically getting crushed by a minotaur is a terminal diagnosis. I snagged her for, for, for you just in the ta-da nick of time so that you would come see me and here we are. You can give me what you got, and I'll give you what I got. And Percy's like, I can't give it to you. So this dude's like, ah, see, there's a quid and a quo here. And Percy's like, the bolt doesn't belong to you. Your plan almost worked. You and Ares managed to steal the bolt, trick me into bringing it down and giving it to you, but it's wrong, and I won't do it. So all I can do is ask you to please do the right thing too. Please let my mom go. And he, he's like, this dude looks at him. He's like, huh, what? Who? Who, who tricked Ares into doing what? 
And Grover's like, you're in cahoots with Ares. Just secured a bolt. And he's like, I'm not cahoots with, with Ares. I seldom cahoot. The bolt is my brother's drama. I don't want any part of it. Percy's like, you don't want it? He's like, no. Then what do you want? He's like, my helm. And Percy's like, you're what? My helm of darkness? It went missing just days before someone used it to turn invisible and steal the bolt. I'd like it back now, please. And then you get your mom back. Percy's like, you really don't want the bolt? And Adi's like, why would I want that? Grover's like, to start a war between your brothers? And why would I want that? Grover's like, jealousy? I don't know if you noticed, but it's all candy cane rainbows down here. I'm managing just fine. I don't really do jealous. So Percy thinks, and Hades continues. My brothers, are, on the other hand, they like have the market cornered on jealous. Family drama is why I don't go up there anymore. These grudges, they go on forever. Super unhealthy. Someone stole Zeus's bolt. It wasn't me. must have been someone who was, and Percy's like, Kronos. And then Hades like, excuse me? And Percy's like, he's got the biggest grudge of them all. Zeus took Kronos' throne. Who else has a bigger reason to weaken Zeus and take his throne back? Kronos, he's like, the dude's like, Hades like, Kronos is in a million pieces at the bottom. Of it. And he's like, Tataris, where someone just tried to pull us into it. The moment the bolt appeared in our bag, Tataris, where... I've been hearing a voice from my dreams telling me it needs my help to take down Olympus. I assumed that it was you, but the voice I heard, that definitely did not sound like you. So then he's like, he sighs. He's like, ask me for sanctuary. Percy's like, what? If Kronos is somehow planning to emerge from his exile and you were his first call, you're not safe. Ask me and I'll protect you, you and your mother and the goat. I'll throw him in on the house. Grover kind of gives him he's like what and he's like this works out nicely for you as it turns out and it'll cost you the bolt and he's like I thought you didn't want the bolt Grover says that and he's like I don't don't want the bolt I mean, now I need the bolt if war with Kronos is coming I'd like to be prepared not you know not messing around here kid this only ends one way the only question is how difficult are you going to make it so he thinks he looks at his mom and he's like no and Katie's like, give me a bag. And Percy like holds up the pearl. And the guy's like, Katie's like, nice pearl. So Percy's like, I accept your offer. He's like, great. Your first offer. We're going to go get your helm. And when I get back, you're going to let my mom go. He's like, okay, hang on, kid. And he's like, Grover, now. Grover throws his pearl down, whoosh, disappears. And like He gets like into the ground. And he's like, hold fast, mom. He throws his pearl down, whoosh disappears so then it's back to sally at the bar she's taking a breath then she pulls for she pulls for like an empty like shake parfait glass or whatever from from the bar she lights a match drops it in you hear like thunder rumbling outside and it's like raining and then she's just kind of looks dazed and someone walks in you hear like the door open walks up to the bar walks next to her and she's like this isn't fair and the guy's like no it isn't and she's like and I'm failing. And the guy's like, no, you're not. She's like, I'm going to take him to camp. And he's like, are you sure? She's like, what other choice do I have? He and I living together in the city, it's starting to attract attention from your world. A winged horse followed him to school. It saw him. He saw it. Sooner or later, it's not just going to be pretty things that are following him. At camp, he'll be safe. And the dude's like, you don't want him at camp. 
And she's like, no, 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 I don't. And he's like, tell me why. She's like, she says, you don't want to hear why. He's like, probably not, but you have no one else to say it to. And maybe that's the most unfair part of it. You say it and I will listen. So she's like, I want him to know who he is before your family tries to tell him who they want him to be. He is better than that. He has better things in him than that. And he's like, then I think you have your answer. He's going to go to school and he's going to learn things that you can't teach him there. And it's going to be hard for the both of you. It's going to be torture for the both of you, but he will be stronger for it on the other side. His mother raised him well. And she's like, so obviously it's Poseidon. Because at first you don't like see his face and it's like, it's kind of in the shadow. She's like, do you want to talk to him? She's like, I know you shouldn't, but maybe just to hear his voice. So he kind of glances over his shoulder, like at, at the booth where, where Percy's at. There's like more thunder. He's like, one day, one day when he's ready, when he knows who he is and where he belongs. So Percy wakes up on a beach his, his uh, dad's words are continuing from the flashback. There's like someone walking towards him. Percy looks up, a hand's extended. It's Annabeth. At first I was like, wait, is that his dad? Who's that? So the, the word, dad's words continue from the past, whatever. And he's like, and fate has revealed to him his true path. So Annabeth looks down the beach. Percy does too. Someone else is like walking towards him. And it turns out it's Ares with this big sword. And then uh, his dad continues. And on that day... And Percy draws his sword. I'll be right by his side. And that's the end. And it's crazy. So what they do, if you're watching the show, maybe you've caught this, but they kind of do mid-credit scenes, but the mid-credit scenes are previews for next episode. So it's, it's weird how they do that because you don't normally see previews, especially on streaming shows because, you know, the next episode is like, you just click it and you're there. But there's, there's a scene where, you know, from them on the beach, and they, they go start, like, running towards each other. They're, like, going to fight with their swords. And, you know, this is freaking Ares, and he's got a huge sword. So, <laughs> I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. So, it's it's uh, it's interesting. I definitely don't remember how, how the movie was. I, I should watch that again at some point. Uh, you know, maybe that could be, like, a, like a, a secret podcast episode. Just do, like, a recap of that and compare it to that, this. So I, I'm enjoying the show. It's 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 interesting and uh, um, yeah, I remember nothing from the movie now. <laughs> so uh, that's Percy Jackson, but with Echo, uh, season one, episode five, Maya. This is the last episode. So it's it's weird that it was only five. I mean, I guess that's all it needed. Got the story done. You know, boom, get in, get out. But oh, we'll talk about it at the end. It looks like the lake by Maya's house. Young Maya has a slingshot. She pulls it. She hits a woodpecker. It's like, you little... Mm -mm. She brings it to her mom. She, she signs, it's hurt. It fell from a tree. Her mom's like, the bird didn't just fall, did it? And then she's like, I didn't mean to hurt it. I just want to see if I could hit it. I'm sorry. And her mom's like, you know, so they're, they're signing through this whole thing. Her mom's like, you can't do this. We don't harm living things. In the old days, the Choctaw called it Bisknik. The Choctaw would tell the bird what to say, and it would just tap out the messages on the trees, warning when enemies approach. And she's like, we can fix it, right? 
So her mom puts like uh, like takes like t two fingers together and she kind of like touches uh kind of crosses them a little bit and touches them to the bird. So her hand starts glowing and there's like a hum, and then it cuts to them getting like smashed into a truck, and then it's silent and you hear like a heartbeat, you know. And then Maya wakes. She looks at her her bloody mom and then the heartbeat stops. So in the present at Scully shop, Chula walks in. She's you know calls out that she's there for business, and then she's like, "It's like I, I brought in a sewing machine a few years back." So she's wondering if, you know, maybe, um, and it, but then he just like, she's talking. He just like walks away, walks into the back, and then she's like sitting there, and she's like, "Is this how you treat paying customers?" He comes out with a her sewing machine under like a, like a blanket. And she's surprised that he still has it. He's like, oh, I cleaned it. I oiled it. Put it under a nice blanket. He's like, I knew you'd be, you'd be back for it. So he's like, I just needed to wait. So she asks, like, well, how much do I owe you? He's like, nothing. Just promise that you'll come back once in a while. So then he puts his, you know, his hand on hers when she's, she's like, you know, fine. In Choctaw, she's like, I'll see you later. Chula then goes to like the post office this kid bumps into her and she like spills her, her mail as she bends to pick it up this other man offers to help it's a kingpin and she says like oh i haven't seen you around before are you here for the powwow he's like yeah you could say that and then he noticed her necklace he's like oh it says i love you in american sign language and you know he says that he's trying to sign for his his niece and chula says that she learned to you know to sign for her daughter she's passed now kingpin's like i lost someone i loved which is like uh did she ask you he's like the kind of pain you never get over so chula says that you know she keeps it up for her granddaughter he's like oh really well tell me about her so chula says that her name's maya and she's from new york and then we see maya she kind of drives past like a rocks and a gas station there's like a restaurant like attached to the gas station and she takes out uh the contact from her eye and she like just tosses it in the trash then uh zane kingpin's dude his henchman dude he pulls up to the powwow and like this rv he's like by the vending parking he's not supposed to park there he's supposed to go some other way but you know biscuits like whatever and he's like biscuits trying to like direct him but he just keeps he just starts driving and and so biscuits just goes like back to directing traffic uh maya gets a cup of coffee at the restaurant biscuit texts her as asking where she is and then she sees like a woodpecker on a sign outside then biscuit texts asking if she's seen uh pockney i think or bonnie you know they were supposed to be there an hour ago she looks at the the bird again outside and it flies away so she gets up she leaves oh, i don't know if she paid, hopefully she paid for a coffee she peels uh peels off she's headed back goes to chula with her gun out and finds the door like wide open she sees like her mom standing in chula's sewing room it's like wait what she's like you've really been hurting huh so she touches uh her, her and they're like her amaya she touches her amaya and like her ancestor and she gets all those flashes and then adult Maya sits in a wrecked truck next to her mom. So usually when we've seen this is when she's a little girl, but they put adult Maya in, in the scene. And she's like, you aren't alone. All that came before are part of you. 
because we echo through you echo and she crosses her fingers and she kind of puts them like on her chest like over her heart it's like now it's time for the pain to go away and Maya's like I can't I don't know how and her mom's like I will help you your ancestors will help you you come from a long line a very special woman all the way from Chaffa herself they have carried the fire they were the protectors of their people they fought for their family now it's your turn Maya's like all I bring is danger it's like I have to leave her mom's like don't run stay fight for us remember your gifts strategy cunning ferocity love all of that is infused in this and she like she steps aside and Maya sees the outfit that Chula is making every seam on the suit shows that you're a part of us and we're a part of you I love you always Maya sheds you know a couple tears and then she's alone you know her so the, her mom ghost mom was not there she looks at the outfit you can see like the pounded leather like the design you know on, on the leather and stuff and there's beads so then it's nightfall the festival thing started food vendors are are there you know many of them there's all these people in decorative outfit an announcer um asks if they're ready to, for the powwow zane and some men exit the, the rv a couple like plain like white vans pull up full of armed men this dude radios that they're in positions with with the, with the weapons you know keep your eyes out for Maya Lopez so Zane saying this she's heavy heavily armed and dangerous but it's like doesn't she only have like one gun it's like what do you mean she's heavily armed then this guy with like uh he has like blades tattoo on his neck he's like in a crowd so I was like wait is this one of one of uh their, their men like who is this dude so some stuff begins there's like you know marching and singing you know maya just starts like blending she's in the outfit she like blends in with the crowd so then zane goes up on an rv roof he's got binoculars maya sees a woodpecker like on this light by a building and so she like moves away from the crowd henry arrives he asks biscuits if there's any sign of maya he says no but there's this creepy guy and he brought a, a bunch of people and so he thinks that they're up to no good. Henry Henry says that he thinks it's about to get dangerous. He's like, you know, do you have a weapon? Biscuit's like, I have something even better. So it's like, I hope he's not talking about Bandit or whatever his dog's name was. Maya goes into this building. She pulls out her gun. The lights are kind of like on sensors. So she steps forward and you know, she lights up the area. Then uh, out strolls Kingpin. He signals and some dudes bring out Bonnie and Chula. Maya like puts her gun down. This dude, you know, grabs it. She's surrounded now. And he's like, he talks about how she took out her contact. Um, Bonnie signs. He's like, I gave you everything. How could you betray me like this? And she's like, who betrayed who first? And then Henry sees Zane on, on top of the RV. So he recognizes him from, from the bowling alley. Kingpin continues, you brought this upon yourself. And she signs. So um, Bonnie, I don't know if I mentioned it, Bonnie's like interpreting. I think Bonnie was interpreting. So Maya's like, they have nothing to do with this. They're in, oh no, I guess she's not interpreting. No, she's, Bonnie's interpreting what Kingpin is saying. But Kingpin doesn't need an interpreter because he's got the earpiece and because he's lazy so she's like they have nothing to do with this they're in my blood in my heart it's like i am part of them they're part of me i'm their legacy not yours 
And he's like, good. Now I know how much it will hurt when I kill the rest of your family, just like your father. Which is like pretty bad. So this dude radios to Zane that it's a go. Zane pulls out like he's got like a huge rocket. Kingpin yells some other stuff, to, but uh, but but this guy Tobias right like slugs her before Bonnie can sign. So then there's like blood. Blood's like kind of like pouring out of her mouth. And then she gets ancestor flashes. Maya takes off her jacket, like top layer or whatever. She's, so she again got this outfit that, that Chula made. And then she's like standing with her ancestors. Obviously, they're not really there, but it's like she's she's standing with them. So she signs the body to trust her. She goes into like a stance. And then she kind of like kind of morphs into the different ancestors. It's kind of silly because obviously that's, that's not what's happening. Then Bonnie's hands start to glow. Chula's hands start to glow. And she like punches like free from the, the two guards holding her. And Kingpin's like surprised. And he watches them. They start like punching. There's a big fight going on. Dude's in a van with rifles. They get a surprise. Biscuit's yelling, not today. And he's driving like this big monster truck. So he drives over to two vans. Just like smashing. Some people got out, but I don't think everyone got out. Then, you know, Zane, he's getting his rocket ready. Then he sees Henry. He's like, wait, what? And then Henry shoots him. The rocket flies up and explodes over the crowd. So people think it's fireworks. And the announcer is like, oh, we got fireworks. Whatever. Kingpin roars, raises his fist. He charges at Maya. But then she crosses her fingers like her mom did, whatever, and stops him in his track by touching his chest. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. And he like falls to his knees. Then... She crosses like her fingers over his forehead, and then he's in his childhood home, and he hears like muffled arguing. There's like pounding on the wall and like plasters, like kind of like, whatever falling, like dust, and then then he's like sobbing. And his mom screams, and he gets up, and Maya's there and like stops him. So flashes like other moment, and then he's back in his room. Maya's like, "Don't listen anymore. Let go of the pain and the anger." He like struggles. He's like, "You." are my uncle so he's like struggling and she's like you are my uncle shut him out he's like no 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 i am not who you want me to be so he has his hammer and maya's like give it to me please he's like no and she's like please so she stops doing like the finger thing and then they're like back in the present he's like what did you do huh and she like backs away he starts to get up and one of his men come to to his side to help him he's like what did you do he like yells so he's taken to an suv they drive away and then at the house whatever the lake maya as a kid with her mom she asks if they'll ever see the bird again and her mom's like of course so maya opens like the handkerchief tosses it up bird flies away was the one that she saw at the diner was that the same one so then it's a house at night. Maya's sitting on a roof and she thinks back to her parents by the fire, you know, with Chula and Scully. She's in a tent with Bonnie. And the next day she drives. All the others are having like a barbecue or something. So I think they're in Chula's backyard. So, and then uh, Maya shows up. Chula gives her like a, a peck on the cheek or whatever. And they hug. Maya smiles. So like everyone's there. They're all happy. And that's the end. But there is a mid-credit scene. Kingpin's on, on the plane. He tells the secretary, I want a meeting with all the remaining heads. We need to stabilize the situation before it spirals out of control. 
then on the screen you know, there's this you know news broadcast and it's like it says you know, on the bottom nyc race for mayor no clear front runner so he turns up the volume so the dude on the screen says it turns out that most voters want someone who's a fighter this is so silly it's like almost like you know they're talking about kingpins specifically so he says you know they they want someone to understand the pain they're going through the frustration the other news guy or whatever he says that they need a bare knuckle brawler who you know he they would do well in this this race and and then there's like an outsider somebody who is not afraid to take on the establishment the other one says like wouldn't that candidate have emerged by now is that candidate even out there you know, there's still a window of opportunity. The poll is, is telling us that it could be anyone's race. So I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, so I get it. Yeah, Kingpin's going to run for mayor of New York City. But it's like so ridiculous how it's like, they need a fighter. They need, and it's like, he's the only one. It's like, <sighs> and that's the end of Maya. So what do we learn? So Maya, I guess she let go of some of the anger and pain, whatever she had. Okay, she beat Kingpin. Is she okay with this now? maybe does she understand that he can't help who he is or whatever i i don't know her dad's still dead he's still killed because of kingpin and you know she made up with her her grandma and, and you know she's with her friends so i guess she's gonna hang out there it's just i don't know it just it seems like there wasn't a huge goal and uh, i don't know but kingpin was good but now we're gonna have kingpin running for mayor which uh, so i liked it it was all right um yeah it's just kind of weird you know five episodes it's done i don't know what else they could have done but and it's weird that we get like the daredevil cameo first episode that's it it's like okay we got budget for one you're not counting kingpin got budget for one hero appearance daredevil five five minutes all right thanks see ya Anyways, so that, that was Echo. All right, now the movie feature is, is Godzilla minus one and Godzilla minus one minus color. So, so here's the thing. You may know that uh, the audio might sound a little different. I'm recording this part separate from, from the rest of the podcast, full disclosure. And th- there's a bit of a story going along with this. So I... I watched Godzilla minus one back when it first came out I, I, or when it was released in, in here in the United States. I, I forgot if it was October, November, whatever. So I talked about it, talked about it in podcasts, loved it. Such a good movie, emotional, everything like that. It was so good. And then when they announced it was going to be released in black and white, I was like, that's, that's kind of cool that, you know, that could be, I, I really want to see that. So I'm like waiting, you know, cause I want to go to my local theater and they didn't have it on, tickets on sale. And, you know, I've talked about this before where sometimes it, it's like the Monday or Tuesday. You know, there, there's been times where it's like a couple days. I think they're, they're waiting for like full commitment or whatever, making sure they have it. Then they do the, the screen. I don't know how they schedule whatever, all that stuff. But they weren't going to have it. So I'm like, oh, okay. But then I noticed this other theater uh, at, in the mall, they were going to show it. So I'm like, okay. So I'll go to the Thursday night showing, go to see it buy my ticket on fandango not sponsored and uh i, I go to the theater get get my, my ticket i got my popcorn i'm there there's just like it's a thursday night just a couple other people in there and it it starts just oh and this here's the other thing man 
no no shout out whatever but but cinemark theaters i don't normally go that's not my normal chain every time i go there i saw silent night there the joel kinnaman movie they show so much so many trailers it's like 20 minutes a trailer when i went thursday i don't think it was that bad but when i saw the joel kinnaman movie it was like 20 minutes and then then when i just literally I, I'm, I'm back from seeing the movie long story i'm getting there it's 25 minutes <laughs> and today wait but now you're like wait what you just saw it now you're talking about the thursday and everything back to the thursday night i'm at the mall movie start and everything like that and it's you know everything the credits are in japanese and all that and which i guess it wouldn't have made a difference so the movie starts but then it's like wait it's in color because it starts off and you know because it's not that long ago when i saw it watch the movie in color i was like this is supposed to be in black and white then I'm like, are they going to do some like w really weird, you know, like it changes the black and white for some reason. I was like that, that doesn't seem like something that they would do for this movie because the whole point of this movie is selling it in black and white, you know, just making it like, like the, the classic original Godzilla was black and white. So that's what they're doing here. So I'm just like watching it. I'm like, I don't think they would do that, but I'm just watching him sitting there. And then, you know, I can see the, the other couple people. I think there's only two other people from where I could see. I was like, they're not getting up either. And then I'm like, do they just not really know the difference? Or are they just here to see a Godzilla movie? And then, and, and then it just kept going. So I'm just like, man, this is the regular version. I was like, I don't want the regular version. I love the regular version. I don't want the regular version because I need something one because i want to see the black and white. i want to see the minus one i want to see the black and white version and two i need something this this was supposed to be the main feature of this week's episode and i can't do can't talk about the black and white version if i don't see the black and white version i'm not going to fake it and try to lie and say oh i watched a 40 second clip on youtube so i'm gonna say this movie was amazing i, I wouldn't never do that and so i'm just like so what do i do do i go up and try to talk to someone and what, I, what I'm thinking is that I don't really know fully how digital movies work. I know I know totally everything about the film when it was on film. Because when I worked in theater, talked to the projectionists a lot. You know, I spliced movies myself. I know that whole process. The canister of films, you know, they're 20 minutes long and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. So now my understanding is movies now are like... They're, since it's digital, but it's like on like a hard drive sort of. And I think it's like a big long strip. I could be totally wrong about that. And I think, I believe there's a process of ingesting the movie because you don't play it off of this stick, whatever. I think you have to like kind of download it onto whatever your hard drive projection thing is. And there's got to be some sort of security thing. So it has to be like a limited thing. Maybe it does. I don't understand how it works. I do remember when I saw or tried seeing Matrix Revolute, whatever, the, the last Matrix movie. I went that day it came out, went to the theater because it was like opening theaters and, and HBO Max. I went to the theater, went to, because they were going to have, it, because it was like winter break or whatever. They had like a, a Wednesday, I think it was like a Wednesday, 12 o'clock show. So I go there in line to get my popcorn and then the, like the manager someone comes out it's like oh if anyone's here for matrix uh we're having trouble it's it's not uploaded yet so we're gonna have to refund it and you have to come back later or something like that. so i was like man so i went home and watched on, on hbo max so i believe there's a process so now my thinking is as i'm watching this movie in color again with my my popcorn and they, they have like this other fake like buttery popcorn and i kind of like it so i'm like enjoying my popcorn and my soda and I'm like, well, if I go out and 
try talking to someone because I only saw, you know, I didn't see like a manager. It's just like, like, you know, young employees. So it's like, even if they messed up, there's no, I don't think it's possible that they could just swap the movies out. But then I'm also thinking, how the heck did they, did they upload a colored version? I don't know if there was an earlier showing me. I mean, the seven o'clock showing on Thursday night might've been deal. Maybe they only had one preview. I don't know if they had, no, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe they did a four o'clock preview too. Did they show a colored one at four o'clock too, or just nobody noticed no one or no one saw it, went to see it. Cause it's in a small little theater in the mall and the mall is like hanging on its last legs. Like no one was going there, which is sad. So I'm just like, even if I go out and tell them, even if they had, it's like, do they even have the black and white version? Did the theater, the distribution, whatever, did they actually send them the, the colored version? Because I was like, I don't think this theater would still have the colored version sitting around. Because there has to be some sort of security thing where you have to return it or it expires or something like that. And I'm pretty, I, I don't think it was still playing regularly because it's been out, you know, for a while and there's, you know, so many other theaters and they're limited, you know, they only have a certain number of theaters and all that. So I'm, I'm almost positive they weren't still showing it before. So it's like, why did they have this color version? How did they upload? How are they playing this? So I was like, there's no way they can swap it out because it's if it's an ingestion process, I mean, may, there's a small chance maybe it's like, oops, we can just switch it. It's a red, the black and it is ingested. And but then I'm part of me, I'm thinking, did I screw up? Did I, did I, are they, I was like, well, maybe they do have both. Maybe they're showing the colored version and the black and white version. People can choose which one they want. So I was like, did I buy the ticket for the wrong one since I bought my ticket online? And I was like, well, I, I can't take out my phone and look at my screen because it, that's rude, you know, in the theater. But then I, I kind of peeked at it and I, I still had like a notification on my screen saying, you know, your movie's about to start. And it said minus one under, or I said minus color. So I was like, no, I didn't buy the wrong ticket. So I'm like, I was like, okay, fine. I love this movie. I'm going to watch it again. And then when I get out, I'll just say, hey, what's going on? What's up here? You played the wrong version. And I could, you know, I'm, I, at that point, obviously I'm not going to ask for my money back because I'm watching the whole movie, but you know, maybe they'd be like, Oh, we screwed up. Here's a pass. So you can come back and see it properly. That would be cool. I get out of the theater at, you know, a little after nine, uh, nine 15 or whatever, because of all the previews. And it's like a ghost town in there. It's like, they have like a gate practically closed and, and across because it's the, the theater is really weird. They have it like on two sides of the mall in this section. It's like split. They have like half the theaters one side, half the theaters in the other. And it's like a big wide opening, but they have like a gate closed, just a little tiny enough space for you to exit. No one behind a concession stand. There's not a single person in sight. No one cleaning. It's it's a Thursday night. It's they're not busy. So I'm like, and out the ticket booths are like outside. No one out there. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not talking to anyone because I'm not going to sit around and yell, call out and try to wait for something because I want to get home. It's a Thursday night. I got to work the next day. So I was like, Ugh. so I was like, what do I do now? I was like, I, I need to see it in black and white. So it's going to mean seeing it again. So I was like, I could go Friday at seven, but I was like, with, you know, no, with work and everything like that. So I was like, well, there's a Saturday. I'll go Saturday one o'clock. So I went and I go to a different theater because there's, I mean, luckily there's, there's a lot of theaters in my area, but you know, it wasn't my neighborhood theater again, it's the same, same chain. So that's why I, that's why, so I went today, I'm recording this right now, it's Saturday, so yes, I recorded the other part earlier. Should record it on Friday. Spoilers. Sausage making. 
Um, so I, I, this is, there was like 25 minutes of trailer and I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm like kind of antsy because I was going to ask, I was going to ask the ticket taker, is this a black and white? They're, they're probably going to be like, what are you talking about? If they even know, maybe they would know, but I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I didn't buy any popcorn this time. I was like, I just got popcorn on Thursday. I, I, I shouldn't be buying, eating, having popcorn every week. I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to have it days apart. So I'm sitting there waiting. And it's so hard seeing a movie without popcorn for me. It's psychological. <laughs> this is like the longest intro ever. I'm, I apologize. So I'm waiting and waiting. And then like the screen comes up. And it's like color. It's like, you know, the whatever logo. Uh, I'm like, oh, no, no. And then the movie starts. It's in black and white. I'm like, whew. I'm like, okay. You know, you cuts it with the water. And then with the, the main guy, uh, you know, flying his plane, going to the island. You know, the kamikaze pilot. And he's like, oh, my plane's wrong. And it's so it goes from there. So I did see it in black and white. And now for the verdict. Oh, my goodness. It is friggin' amazing in black and white. It is so good. So I'm kind of glad I saw it in color again. I'm not glad that I paid to see it twice in one week, but whatever, that's another thing. So the, with the original, the regular version, you know, it's it's a modern movie. You know, it's a new movie. It kind of looks like an older movie because like the colors are a little more subdued. So just the way that the camera work, whatever filters, I don't even know. But it, the regular movie looks kind of older, even though everything is crisp and clear and modern. But, you know, it's set in 1945, 46, whatever. So with, with this, it it almost feels like a 1954 movie, like when the first one came out or whatever. And what what they, the director said, they didn't just, like, flip a switch. They're not like, like Wait, color, where's your color button? Boop, turn it off. Now it's on black and white. They actually like went and like shaded and whatever, chrome, chrome whatever, monochrome or certain scenes, changed it and everything like that to, to make it look right and, and get the vibe and make things scary or whatever like that. And as you're watching this, I mean, it, it totally, the way everything's filmed, and this is like a testament to like, just the, the costume design and just the, the, the sets and the cars, just everything looks like it's in that time period. So then when you make in black and white, it's even more so. And there's just something about black and white. I'm not the biggest black and white fan. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that because, you know, growing up, we did have this, you know, we had a little tiny like miniature TV. This was back when you didn't have portable devices, stuff like that. So we had like a portable TV, but it was black and white. And there's something like, or you're watching some show in black and white. It's like, wait, I want the colors and everything like that. You know, and, and again, I'm not, not talking about like in the sixties or whatever they were first invented, but, but you know, when something is a color, you want the color, you want to get everything that was, was there, but watching this in black and white, cause you know, I saw Logan Noir. I remember that when that, that was in black and white. And I think they did Mad Max in black and white. I don't actually, I don't think I've, I don't think I ever I actually watched that in black and white. Maybe, maybe I did, but there's something about this movie in black and white. And there's something you, you just, you can really, I, I, I may have talked about this from time to time, but I, I'm always impressed with the lighting in certain scenes and certain movies, I always look at it and, and maybe it's from a drawing aspect. Cause when, when I tried doing shading in that and, but there's like certain scenes where I I'm looking at it and it's also from like, like taking pictures in that I'm like, how do you light this where like a person's half of their faces lit up and then the other plus the, the other half is completely dark. You can't see anything. I was like, how do you get the light to just make such a firm contrast you know just such a divide where you know and and when, when you watch this movie 
it's just like with the, the shadows and, and the everything, you know, it's just, it, it just, it does create a vibe and it's, it's just, it's, it's just so cool and amazing. And while Godzilla looks cool and everything in the movie, but seeing him, there, you know, there's a couple parts where I, I feel like the parts where it's, you know, towards the end when he's like lumbering through the city and his, his arms are just kind of hanging there. It just, it looks a little like, okay, it's, it's a little silly, you know, whatever. Um, the earlier scenes, it, it's it's diff- not not quite as as stiff. I'm not saying that it is that stiff, but I I feel like the black and white really does enhance the visuals and the movement and everything like that. My concern was okay, so when Godzilla does his heat ray, as as they they call it, and uh, I guess I never really call it that. I never really, really thought about what to call it because normally it you know th- there's like this bluish white light. So the the spikes on his back. You know, they start like popping out as he's like powering up and then his mouth opens. You see like the energy uh, over in there and then bleh, he just lets it out and it shoots out. And it's, it's so cool. But I was like that, that blue kind of really bright blue colors. I was like, that's really cool. So I was like, how is that going to look in black and white? And when you do it in black and white, it's just, it's, it's white light. You know, it's not blue, obviously. But there is something when it blasts out, it does look like there. I, it's still white, but it does look cool in an explosion. And then you got the, the the shadows and the smoke, and it's they did a good job. I mean, so bottom line, I actually so as I say this, I, I want to say you need to go out and see this movie. You know, you need to see it in black and white. You know, whether regardless if you've seen it in color or not, you, you know, you, it's it's such so amazing. But the problem is, I think it might be only playing for one week. So, I mean, depending on you, if you listen to this, like, as soon as it comes out, you, you're, if you can find a theater that has it, if it's showing near you, you could probably still see it this week. But if you're like, well, I'll go next weekend, it might not be playing next weekend. So maybe call your theater and see how long they're going to have it. It seems crazy that they're only going to release it for one week, but maybe it's coming out on, on videos. I mean, I, I need this on Blu-ray and I would love if the Blu-ray has both versions. I, I, fingers crossed. I hope so. Now. As far as some things about the movie, there might be some minor spoilers here. So just just make a note right here. If you're listening, get ready to fast forward from here to the end of the Godzilla section. You know, you can look at the time codes. I'll do if you if you hopefully you listen to the outro of the podcast. But I feel like I've gone on you know enough about this. But I just want to talk about, and it's not like heavy spoilers, but there's going to be some spoilers. Because uh, I, when I talked about the movie the first time, I didn't talk about certain specifics. So I just want to talk about a couple just little little things here. Not not blow by blow or anything like that. But there's going to be some minor, kind of maybe regular spoilers. Okay, so this is your warning. Now, going with, with, with the, the characterization, I, I really can appreciate it. it. It's funny because the movie focuses on like some civilians you know we got the the pilot and then you know he comes home he's kind of a disgrace because he was supposed to kill himself because he's a kamikaze pilot and then when he comes home he finds out that there you know his town was attacked you know there was bombing and stuff like that so his parents are, are gone and then his neighbor like yells at him or whatever because you know cowards like him that's why this happened and then as he's in town, you know, everything is devastated, you know, and then there's this woman, they're, they're, you know, they say she's a thief, so she's running, and he, like, goes to kind of stop her, and then she, like, thrusts this bundle in his arms, and then she keeps running, and there's there's a baby, so he's like, what? then she's gone, and he doesn't know what to do, and he just, like, sits there, like, waiting and waiting, and then he's like, well, I'm just going to set this baby down, he gets up and leaves, but then he turns and looks at it, he's like, I can't leave this baby sitting here. 
you know, this place is, is a mess and everything. He picks up the baby and starts walking. And then she, the lady jumps out at him and cause she was waiting for him. She's like, well, I couldn't come out, out when you're out in the open. Cause they'd see me in that. And then what has to happen? She's, she's like, well, why didn't you just leave the baby there? And he's like, I, I couldn't do that. And then he finds out spoiler that the baby wasn't even hers that, you know, so she's caring for this, this kid. So She's not, even though she may have stole something, she's not a bad person. And we see that he's not a bad person either because, you know, he didn't just want to leave, leave the baby there. But she realizes, like, oh, he didn't want to leave the baby there. That, there, he might have a heart or something like that. She ends up following him and he's like, please don't follow me. And then she ends up, like, weaseling her way into the remnants of what's left of his, his parents' house. And they end up staying there together. They don't, and, and this is the kind of nice thing. You know, you, like the kid starts growing a little bit, still like a teen, you know, it's only like a year and a half or whatever. But they're they're not like they don't hook up the 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 guy and and the lady, but they're they're living together and it's like they're caring for the kids. But then he's like, oh, I'm not your dad, and and you know, some of his friends are like, dude, like what are you doing? He gets this other job. I'm not I'm not going through the whole movie, but so it's it's funny. I don't know why it wants such detail over that part. But, you know, so you got these characters and then you start to care about them. And, you know, so his whole thing is he feels bad because, like, there was an earlier Godzilla attack and Godzilla is a lot smaller. And, uh, you know, because he was supposed to get in his plane and shoot it with his the, the guns on his plane because they're supposed to be really powerful bullets. He didn't do that. So all the other mechanics on, on this little island, they died. And this one other mechanic survived, blames him because he didn't do anything. They're like, they're all dead because of you and everything like that. So he's just like really, really ticked off at him and everything. And so he has all this guilt. And later as they're on this boat home, like the one lone mechanic hands him like this, like a bunch of pictures from all, you know, the dead mechanics, like this is their family. So all these people lost their loved one because of you, because you didn't do anything. So he's carrying all this guilt, you know, and, and, you know, so he's fighting this war. He's haunted by these nightmares and everything like that. So when it comes to the end, you know, Godzilla returns, Godzilla's bigger, you know, bikini at all, I think had something to do with it maybe. And, uh, He's he's like I need to stop Godzilla. I need because you know he needs to put this to 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 rest and everything. So then that's where they're like, okay, we let's get this this plane. Let's get to put really big bombs in there, or whatever. I'll fly it straight into its mouth and everything. And and that's you know how he will redeem himself. And there's like other stuff going on. Obviously, I'm I'm not going in, into detail. Uh, but but one of the things that's interesting about this movie is you know when you watch. Like Monarch, which, you know, obviously I, I love that because I talked about that. Even though I didn't love the 2014, but even the, 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 the modern movies, you know, Godzilla is, is a, a good guy. And, you know, Godzilla is a king of monsters. So, you know, when you look at the 2014 Godzilla movie, you see that Godzilla is, is trying to keep those cockroach titans in check and and it's like no you can't escape and and terrorize this world so that's why godzilla goes after him and takes him down um and then that's why people of san francisco they see godzilla as a hero so godzilla is supposed to be good but in this movie godzilla is a jerk there's like no motors no you know because i always thought i i could see it's like okay bikini atoll when they set off the bomb because in monarch as you know, unless you've been avoiding me talk about that, you know, they set off the bomb to try to destroy the, this Titan. You know, they were trying to lure it out and see what they could do. And I always felt like the, the, the bomb is what mutated Godzilla. But obviously, with the way 
the current take is that's not the case. You know, there's this whole other world of these titans, these big giant creatures. I always thought that Godzilla was like a mutated whatever sea creature dinosaur remnants or something but the the bomb the nuke the radiation all that made him grow and become massive so here we don't really there's there's no motive so you know i i could see like hey you hit me with a bomb i'm i'm kind of ticked off i'm gonna you know destroy your city but here godzilla's attacking before and then I'm pretty sure they, they, they tell us when Bikini Atoll happens. Or maybe it was that was at the beginning. I don't remember. But Godzilla then just heads towards the you know the cities, just starts destroying everything. There's a train going, chomp, I'm gonna chomp on a train and shake it and stuff like that. Godzilla's a big jerk. And you know, he's not the king of monsters. He's there's there's no redeeming qualities. He's just terrorizing town. So it's like you can't root for Godzilla. But then at the end, when they they unleash some damage on Godzilla and Godzilla goes down forever, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 kind of touching in a way because then all the all the the people on the, on the ships and everything around there they start like they salute. So it's almost like they can appreciate this majestic creature. They have a respect. He was a horrible. He had a horrible attitude with everything that he was doing. But it's like you know they they couldn't deny. The, the respect and just that the power and just how how you know whatever so that was i i i and i i don't really understand you know maybe it's it's japanese culture maybe i'm just a dumb dumb and i don't know anything but if, at first it's like i'm like why are you saluting this thing this thing killed you know when it killed it killed thirty thousand people in the city alone destroyed twenty thousand homes and apartments or whatever and you're saluting it but I was like, yeah, this thing is, is like, you know, there is some majesticness to it. And, you know, you have all that. And uh, so I appreciate it. And then the, the music. I don't know if I talked about the music last time. You know, what I should have done is like, oh, I should listen. What did I say the last time on podcast? It's hard for me to do that because I don't want to go back. But you can do that. You know, that, that would be great. Uh, but the music in, in this is just so amazing. It's just, it sets a tone. You know, it does feel old school. And it's just, it just, don't, don't. It's just like, it's it's amazing. And I love this movie so much. You know, so I've seen it three times now. I'm sure some people have seen it more than I have. And, but seeing it in color and then seeing it black and white two days later, that that was great. So even I know knew everything that was going to happen and knew everything they're going to say. There, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And it, it, you know, it, I say it's a different movie. It's not, obviously it's not a different movie. It's the same thing, but there is just a different tone and vibe to it. And is it scarier? Maybe, maybe it cannot really, I mean, I didn't really find it scary, you know, cause I'm a tough guy. I don't know, but it does seem a little creepier, you know, cause when you have black and white, you have, we have more shadows and it's, I just, it was really cool. So I, as I just said a little bit ago, you you should definitely see this movie unless unless you are just not a Godzilla fan at all. But if you are in the slightest bit, this movie should be seen in color black and white on a big screen. And seeing it in black and white is just amazing. You know, I was supposed to see it with my daughter, but because you know she's in town for a week, as I, I think I mentioned earlier. But you know, seeing friends and blah blah blah, like it didn't didn't work out the time I was going and everything like that. So, but then part of me I was wondering is like. 
how would it have been for her seeing it the first, you know, again, and just like some people may be doing this, you know, you're seeing it for the first time in black and white where, you know, I, most, uh, all, the rest of us saw it in color the first time, then black and white. So I wonder how that would change the overall appreciation of, or just, just the outlook on the movie. You know, would it make a difference to saw black and white then seeing it saw it in color? Cause I mean, that would be really cool to, to see how that would be. But yeah. So I, I just love this movie and I love you guys for, for listening, for being here, for listening this far. So I hope you are doing well and I hope, I hope you, you get a chance to see the movie on the biggest screen possible. I hope, uh, actually, no, I'm almost like wrapping things up, but that's so that's going to be it. Big shout out to Dave and Fail and Andrew Loken for being awesome, massive supporters. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. I um, just got, I did do two weeks of like off my mind, random comic topics, just, you know, my thoughts on, on that. Um, I've been talking about comics. I did uh, John Burns or X-Men to Hidden Years. Um, I don't know what I'm doing this week. I really, really, really need to think about that, but I haven't had a chance to just sit down and think about it. So there'll be, I'll probably do some, some comic. Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't had any suggestions, so uh, I don't know. But... If you can't commit to a monthly commitment, and if you're not really crazy about getting extra 30 minutes podcasts, you can also help out immensely by going to coffee.com slash gmanfromheck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two. That's ko-fi.com slash gmanfromheck. Okay, so next week's episode is going to be Argyle. And and the funny thing, because I, I when I saw a poster for Argyle. I saw like Henry Cavill. I was like, Oh, Henry Cavill's got a new movie coming out. I was like, what's, what's going on here? And I, th- I think, was it his, did his neck look a little long? Was that, I can't remember if that was that, that or not. But then the funny thing is when I saw Argyle and then I saw a trailer for Argyle, I was like, wait, I already saw the trailer for Argyle with, you know, Dallas Bryce Howard. I don't remember Henry Cavill. Did I, was he in the trailer or did I just, when I saw the first trailer, maybe I didn't pay that much attention to it and I just totally missed him. Or I don't know, because I just saw the trailer again of when they showed all the massive trailers on Thursday, but maybe I didn't pay attention. I don't know. But that's going to be the movie feature uh, next week. And then um, as far as other stuff, there hasn't been any shows. Um, Actually, I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith starts on Friday. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to watch the first episode. I have a feeling that they're going to drop more than one. If they do that, maybe I can try to watch the first one and talk about that because there's no other shows. There's there's that and um, Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson is like the final episode is is going to be airing this week, so it would be on next week's episode, um, at next week's podcast. And I don't have any other shows. So Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I haven't heard anything about it. I don't even think I, I actually I haven't even watched the trailer for any clips because I've been avoiding it. I was like, I'll probably watch this. You know, I love the original movie. So we'll probably do that. And I don't know what else, you know, Bad Batch is later in February. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else there's going to be. So um, I probably will do that Bad Badland Hunters that I, I was going to try to do it for this week. But then I was like, maybe I'll save that for next week uh, just to have something else to talk about and, you know, give me a chance. Because I was going to try to watch it Friday night, but I was like, no, I got to do amazing art picks on entertainmentfish.com. So I'll, I'll save that for next week as well. 
So I hope you are doing well. I hope you are. I hope you. I really hope you get a chance to see Godzilla minus one in theaters. I hope you are taking care of yourself, and I hope you remember: be good to each other. Mm-hmm.